With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up? Jason Tatum here. Ball up wherever you are with NBA 2K Mobile. Playing game events to collect NBA legends and rising stars to assemble your dream team and settle things on the court. Download NBA 2K Mobile now on the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with River Brown, Andrew Velez, and Joe Dells. And this is now episode 287. In this episode, we're going to talk about Miami's Game 2 win over Denver, Kyrie recruiting LeBron to Dallas, Kerr calling out Warriors young players, give out our early NFL MVP picks, and more. This is now episode 287. And make sure you guys are liking the episode. Make sure you guys are subscribing to the channel. Give us give our podcast a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And let's get into some Patreons. Let's read some Patreons. Let's do it. Our top tiers. You know we got to. So, top tiers. Reading them out. Daniel Nowazik. Evan Thomas. Jacob Adams. Nazir Mitchell. Nick. Tanner Lawson. Vincent Munoz. Alex Viveros. Big Chief. Bugavelli. Cade MVP. Chris. Christian Flores. Dana. Darius Garland's next. David DeRizzo, Die Sometimes, Doug, Akari, Hunter, Latif, Mbuz, P. Dot, Patrice, Professor X, Put Your Feet on the Phone, Riv Looks Like Dyson Daniels, Ryan Barcelona, Santos, The Goat, TJ Rose, Trendell, UK Boge, YSN, and that's it. Shout Top two people, tiers. Top two tiers get a shout out on our on our episodes. Mm-hmm. Top two Patreon tiers get the shout out. The first tier you get access to our Discord, and we definitely got to record Patreon uh, another episode a month for, soon, for soon. the Patreons, man. Definitely so, has. To I happen. believe it when I see it, man. I will believe it when I see it's it. Busy once once maybe you know NBA season's over, draft season's over. That's when we started last year. It was in the summer. We had some extra time. Now That's we got BR. We got playback. We got NBA finals, NBA playoffs, live reactions. There's so much going on. And we've got playback, actually. Riv and I, I don't know if you guys are going to, to be able to watch with us, but we're going to watch old games. We're going to break down old games, watch those, relive some some really good memories. Do you memories. have one in mind? Uh, off the top of our head, we had the 2010 Game 7 uh, NBA Finals. Uh, we had the 2007 Game 6 performance, uh, LeBron versus the Pistons. Um, which other game? did We, we had the uh, 08 Celtics-Bulls Game 6 Backs. game. When you Backs. watch the 2018 West Conference Finals Game 7, I'll pull up. <laughs> 2018. Oh, yeah, we oh. can watch that one too. I'm not watching that garbage. I want people to show up, look at good basketball, uh-huh. not people grabbing other people's arms and looking for a foul, shooting 40 foot step backs. I don't want yeah, to see that. 2018. We're, if we're gonna watch anything, it's gonna be because it exposes your favorite team. That's what it does. <laughs> Listen, man, get over it. It exposes <laughs> 2019 round one. We're on a, a three episode streak of the 2018 conference finals. Yeah. Get over I, it. Man. I haven't mentioned the beard's name yet, though. Oh, it's very obvious who you're talking about. Oh, yeah, of course. It has, it has to be. It has to be. Now, Dells, Game 3, NBA Sir. Finals. Let's get into these Blue Fantasy picks, and we're going to get right into the show. Recapping Game 2 
and giving our predictions for game three. Absolutely. Um, so game two, won't recap the picks. You guys didn't do so hot. But anyway. I didn't. Hey, me and Riv won. Uh, I thought you didn't. No, uh, Bam out of bio assists. Oh, I didn't facts. Win. Facts. It was just Mr. Moran. I your won game pick, one. I don't remember what your other pick was off the top of my head. I, it was an over. I couldn't pick two people. I, could, I couldn't pick Bam twice, right? No. Should we start with Bam? Arguably MVP of the series so far if they end up winning, Facts. even though Gabe Benson. My shit um, was Gabe Benson over. Oh, there you go. Oh, so you lost. You're him? What? No, no, but, but you had to choose the other team. It wasn't right, Gabe right. Benson. Oh, Originally it was, and I made it switch. Was it Aaron Gordon's rebounds? Did you remember. choose one person to make it three? Aaron Gordon won nah, three. That. Nah, I'll, I'll make it easy. Hit. I deaded that, though. I'm going I'm I'm gonna, gonna, to gonna make it easy. I'm going to do my parlay. I lost because I had Aaron Gordon over on his points, and you know he didn't get his points. Facts. I'm going to go Jokic over on his assists. For game three. Back. Yes. Right now, Jokic is at 10 assists. Oh, wow. What's MPJ's <laughs> you points? You didn't even look at the line. Yeah, that's a nuts. <laughs> uh, MPJ is at What's Jimmy's 14 points? and a half points. You know, Dell. I'm not taking Jokic's Jimmy's assists. Jimmy's points is at 25 and a half. Okay. I'm going to take MPJ over on his points. I think he needs to have a bounce back yeah, game. he does. And I'm going to trust him for game three. I don't know if I feel confident Two and a half that. threes. I mean, he did say it. When I have Gabe Vincent over me, I feel like I'm going to make that shit fact. every time. So I understand. He's going to keep shooting that shit. That's I what he's telling me. talking that shit. They were like, we uh, KCP said we played horrible in game and two. And what's Duncan's line for game three? I was just looking. Duncan's at seven and a half points. He's also at 1.5 three-pointers. Two threes I'm taking that. What's at KCP's threes? KCP. I'm taking that at home. So MPJ points 1. and Duncan Robinson to hit two threes. That's my that's Jimmy's my uh, You line. know what? <laughs> I smell a Jimmy game. Okay. So I'm going to go Jimmy over on his points. First game at home? Yeah. I, I think first game, atmosphere is here. Finals back in Miami. It's been a long time. You know, the bubble, they was in Orlando or wherever that was. Um, so it's a different vibe back in Miami. DJ Khaled's going to be at the game. D-Wade's <laughs> going to be at the game. Rick Ross is going to be at the DJ game. Khaled. Yeah, you know, DJ Khaled. It's going to be lit. So you know what? I'm going to go Jimmy over with the points, and I'm going to take KCP over with the threes. I, I'm smelling a Jimmy Butler game. Okay. Okay, all right. You got something cooking, Drew? I'm going to be honest. I'm looking at these lines. We also, we I, have matchups here. We have first <laughs> half, first quarter. Anything catch your eye? What are you cooking? I don't love these lines. Not really. The ones that are intriguing are ones that really are out of the ordinary. More so, Kevin Love under turnovers, Duncan Robinson under turnovers for the fact that Miami really does not turn the ball over at all. That's really what's been one of their strengths this entire postseason They're both run. both at .5 turnovers. .5. Um, to go one for the Nuggets and go one for Miami, I will be taking... Hmm, I'm thinking Nikola Jokic PRA, 50 and a half. It's insanely high, but the way that he's been scoring, the way that he's needed to score the basketball, I'm intrigued to, to go that route. So you know what? 50 and a half. It's a lot. I'm going with the over. And then for Miami, Bam Adebayo really has been great. You guys learned. Instead of three and a half, it's four assists. <laughs> That's intriguing also for the fact that he have really has arguably been Miami's best playmaker. Bam under two and a half turnovers. I think I like that. I'm, I'm going to go Bam two, under two and a half turnovers. Oh, under. Okay. I just missed yeah. that. Like, no, bro, my, I'm saying Miami really has limited if they, the turnovers. They uh, acknowledge screen assist. Bam would average 14 assists a game. They do not acknowledge screen assist as assists. Sorry. It's a shame. They don't do it for Rudy Gobert either. Max Strews <laughs> 10 and a half is intriguing too. Rudy Gobert wouldn't average 14 assists. But like 10. Screen assists? He might. <laughs> He's one of the best. He, he's one of... Every year is at the top of screen assists per game. I lied. I'm not going Bam out of bio rebounds. Uh, assists, excuse me. What did I say I was going to take? His under turnovers. 
Gabe Vincent at 13 and a half. Steal. In home. He's yeah. averaging 20 this year. Yeah, bro. He's been really good. It's at home. I'm telling you. Everybody Are you forcing me to take one Nuggets, one one Miami? It's the rules. All right. I respect that. I appreciate that. So, yeah, I'm going to go I'm gonna go Gabe Vincent over points, and then I'll go over on Jokic's PRA. I just think that he has to be special, and he will. Okay. So, to recap, what were yours? Mine are MPJ over on his points, nice. Duncan Robinson two threes. How okay. do I stumble there Rev? For, for a bit? Jimmy Butler over on the points and KCP over in the threes, man. I'm going over on Jokic's PRA fifteen and a half, and then I'm also going over on Gabe Vincent's points yeah. thirteen Listen, and a half. Flow Rider gonna be at the game, Trick Daddy. Flow Rider, man, yo TBT. And Dell, save those matchups because after we finish recapping Game Two, we're gonna come back to the matchups, Got three make matchups. some good uh, TikTok and Instagram content. Slot, Let's see if they win. Let's see if our matchup picks win. We'll see, if. but you guys can download Boom Fantasy. Link is in the description. Use code PAS. And I know there's a bunch of people who it's not Boom isn't eligible in your state, but we do have a, a brand new game mode. It's called Coin Flip Live. It's eligible all 50 states. You got to go in, pick heads or tails. There's six flips. If you make it to the last round, you can win $100. It goes every single night of the NBA Finals. Um, when it's not a Finals game, we give out $100 per game. There's two games a night. When there is an NBA Finals game, we give out two hundred fifty dollars per Whoa. game, five hundred dollars dollars in total. So even if you can't play the fantasy aspect of it, you can still play our free to play game. Stephen Adams led the league in screen <coughs> assists, uh, five point six. Number two was Sabonis at five point five. Number three was Gobert at four point nine. Then it was Capella, Aiden, and Bam Adebayo. There we go. Mm-hmm. He's at like the way they shoot. That boy, I like. No, he's been OD. And then the year it's, before, it's it was Gobert at 6.3. There we go. Yeah. When he was with Utah. Yes. That makes more sense. Minnesota, yeah, I can't shoot. Um, Wait until this year. Jaden McGann has been in the gym working. Every player is. <laughs> He's been in the gym. I hope I was going to say Ben Simmons. He just posted He's a picture on Instagram. Correct. I hope Tatum's taking some Ben Simmons has shown us already who he is as a basketball Jaylen player. Jalen Brown better be in the lab. He, no, he should have been there the day after y'all lost. <laughs> right Knowing there. his work ethic and his dedication to himself. Yeah, I know you see the pool workouts. Pool? Yeah. I'm no, not Jordan Poole. Oh. Jalen Brown in a pool working out. No one's that's the, about that's the Poole, problem. He, he, that's the fucking problem. Why the fuck are you in the pool? He's working on his explosiveness. Yeah. That's assuming, that's I'm a, assuming that's, that's what listen, he's doing. Listen, um, remember when really – it's funny because last year he had the same handle problems because Victor Oladipo was plucking him left and right every time. So I don't know what he worked on this summer. Probably just the scoring. He was hurt. Very obvious, bro. He was. He went left and lost the ball. That eight wasn't times. form of any hurt. He just lost it the wasn't ball. Eight times. He lost. He turned it over eight times. No, he so went. Like he jabbed the left. left. <laughs> just lost the ball. Where was he hurt? And Bam just looked at him. Everybody was confused. I was confused, <laughs> as you should be. Uh, He's funny. He's I funny was perplexed. Guy. The pool was bright. Nice. I saw the pool. It was really nice. Yeah, it is. So the Heat beat the Nuggets one eleven to one oh eight, and I want to talk about the biggest storyline revolving this game. And that's Nikola Jokic being made into a scorer. And Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra. Yeah, you're on trained eye. <laughs> nah, not my untrained eye. <laughs> Eric Spolstra called out Ramona Shelburne for her question. And he was like, you know, it's just the untrained eye that says something like that. And just basically praised Jokic. So, what are your thoughts on game two about the strategy, I guess, of Jokic scoring more points? And is that because the Heat were forcing him to do that or are there other factors involved? That was. Oh, you wanted me to go first. My bad. Come on, bro. You he usually first. says the name after like he, he low drops. He does. He I'm usually not gonna say drops wrong. the name. You're not wrong. Um, I'm looking I, directly at you. I wasn't looking. I was like looking at my screen. My full game. We here. We Get to it before yeah. I I skip you. You want to go? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was more just 
MC, um, MPJ wasn't hitting shots. You know, the team just wasn't. The Joker had it going. I think if you have it going offensively as a star player, it's right to keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. And the way they were playing defensively, they were leaving uh, the Joker a little bit open or one-on-one coverage. He had Cody Zell on him at times. He had Kevin Love on him at times. It just was a matter of he was taking advantage of the mismatches or he was taking advantage of the opportunities he had. Um, the Denver Nuggets weren't hit shots at a great clip. You know, they were missing a couple shots. So he felt the need to take over when it was time to need. I think when people say turn him into a scorer is the game plan is really dumb. You know, I think that quite literally doesn't make sense. He's like a 24, 25 points per game scorer, and he ups it up to like 27, 28 in the playoffs. So that's weird to just say, oh, if you turn him into a scorer, then, oh, the game plan looks a lot differently. No, he just turns into a scorer when his teammates aren't shooting the ball well. They're a very fluid offense, a great offense. They work off each other, and if everybody doesn't have it going, the Joker takes advantage. Um, To talk about the game for a little bit, though, the Miami Heat just showed – why they're the best fourth quarter team in the postseason. I mean, they had like 189 offensive rating in the in the fourth. Like, they just couldn't miss. Defensively, they were sound. They didn't turn the ball over. Especially late in that fourth quarter, you saw a lot of mental lapses. With Denver, they had a couple offensive fouls. Uh, Miami was set on their defense. They was beating them to the spots. Defensively, they were able to get some calls their way. And it was a lot of shaky calls on both ends in the fourth on both for, for both teams. So I'm not going to even talk about the refs. But just the way defensively Miami was very sound and they was very technical in their defensive uh, performance in the fourth quarter especially. I mean, this team. And then Jimmy Butler finally got it going late in the fourth quarter. Gabe Vincent got it going. Bam Adebayo was great all game. It's just this team – like pull shit out their ass pretty much and just Real becomes yeah becomes resilient becomes all right let's lock in Spo has calls that one time out and then they come out they start to get it going lock in defensively this team just has all the resilience in the world and uh KCP said it to a degree you know they didn't play well the, the Denver Nuggets did not play well that game and they almost won that game but still you got to look at the Miami and look at their defense and feel like yo this is a defense that no matter who do they have on the other side they are very sound they're technical and they get stops and that's the one thing that they can look to for this game the Nuggets had two moments in game two that they played really good basketball. It was that stretch when Jokic was off the court in that second quarter, when I believe it was a 14-2 to two run when Jokic wasn't on the court. Jim, uh, Jamal was just getting out in transition. They were just getting some easy buckets. And then it was like the last three minutes of the game yeah, when they suddenly just started to turn it on. Jamal, you mentioned it, started to go crazy. Aaron Gordon hit a clutch shot. Jokic was just unbelievably dominant in the paint. He throws it up. I'm just going to assume that it's going in. He has... Probably the smoothest touch at the rim a big man could have in the association, right now at least. So, I look at this game, and I think I agree with that statement. that The Nuggets, for a majority of this game, did not play well. However, in the two moments that they did, you see the high level of basketball that they can play. But to talk about the Miami Heat, uh, you mentioned their fourth quarter resiliency. I believe, what, this is their eighth win now after trailing by double digits this postseason run? Mm -hmm. They have been unbelievable when playing from behind Bam Adebayo he's been spectacular probably top two favorite if you're a Miami Heat fan to win the 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 finals MVP can't exclude Gabe Vincent from this conversation was the leading scorer for the Miami Heat in game two he was huge for them hitting clutch threes I believe he had four threes Duncan Robinson caught lightning in a bottle again let's not say lightning in a bottle because this whole postseason run for a majority outside of probably the Knicks series he's been extremely valuable for them Caleb Martin struggled. He had a huge three down the stretch of the game. The Miami Heat just knew how to answer for every punch that the Denver Nuggets had given them. Jimmy Butler was struggling. I believe he had eight points in the fourth quarter. It, it just 
does not matter what you do to the Miami Heat early in the game. Unless you are 100% locked in to close out the game, the Miami Heat can come back and steal a win from you. Stealing home court advantage is huge. Denver Nuggets had been undefeated up until that point. The Miami Heat, Eric Spolstra, they've had a great game plan for this Denver Nuggets offense. They decided to turn into a zone. It's it's forced and clogged the middle of the, the paint for Nikola Jokic. It's been a little bit more difficult for him to make passes. But the whole turning him into a score was, I, I, I do look at it as a little bit of nonsense. Jokic understands, hey, my guys don't have it going. This is when I have to assert myself as the best scorer on my team, and he, we know that he can take it to that level. But to the to the to the people that think that all you have to do is turn him into a score, it's all. I understand where they're kind of coming from to a degree. Tweet from Nick Wright, never a great thing if you're going to use Nick Wright as a reference. I do like <laughs> Nick Wright, so I, yeah, it's I funny why. to say that. Um, <laughs> so it's a, he the says the Nuggets this regular season were 34 and four when Jokic had 10 plus assists, and 14 and 17 when he didn't. So, again, just very basic, not real analysis, not really watching the game. So, when his team is in yes, shots, when they he, don't win. Exactly. <laughs> shocking. Shocking. Shocker. One guy makes shots, other guys don't. They lose the game. But, again, when he scores 40 points, the team does not have a win either. So, yeah. that's pretty interesting to, to really look at. The Nuggets need to hit shots. You've seen it. MPJ has struggled these first two games. KCP really hasn't gotten it going either. Jamal... He just knows how to turn it on whenever he's. He, you can trust Jamal Murray, no doubt about it. But it's. I look at MPJ. I look at KCP. These are guys that have been two of the most consistent players for the Denver Nuggets all regular season long and all postseason long. For the finals to start and them to go ghost, that's not what you want if you're a Denver Nuggets fan. But I agree with him. I believe that for a majority of this game, the Nuggets played poorly. They did not play with energy. They were missing wide open, really good looks, and I think that. They have to come out aggressive this game three, understanding that you go down 2-1. It's not an ideal situation, especially understanding that Miami themselves are a great home team as well. So I do look for game three to be exciting. I do expect Jimmy Butler to have a better, uh, one, probably his best performance in one of these two games in Miami. He really hasn't gone into that that place really since he had those moments in Boston, but really it's that it's that Buck series. We put it up on Instagram, just the numbers from from the first series in Milwaukee versus the rest of the postseason. It's been a pretty steep decline, but he's done a great job of getting his teammates involved, and you could probably pair that with the ankle injury with the Knicks. So I do expect Denver to still come out on, on fire. And they, they shot they shot from 33% from the three-point line to 48% from the three-point line. Was, Miami from game one to game facts. two. So the three-ball was falling this game. And the Nuggets shot well. They shot, I believe, 39% from three. It's just that MPJ... He's just. It does not seem that he's the same confident dude that we've seen him be. The I get the ball, I shoot it, it's gonna go in. But it's starting to heighten the fact that we're now looking at him and say, "Hey, if you're not making the shots that you usually make, now we're gonna start talking about your lack of playmaking. Now we're gonna start talking about your lack of dribbling. You're not on the level of Jalen Brown, but you don't want to be put into that conversation where people are being hypercritical of you, even though he's been a great defensive player this postseason." Uh, I don't know about the MPJ thing. I think that he plays a role, and he just needs to hit shots and defend. But when I, you don't, that's when people start to criticize your game. I, I don't think that we're going to knock him for playmaking or nothing else. I think Jalen Brown gets that criticism because he's the second star on his team. MPJ's not that. MPJ's still getting paid. He's getting paid, but he's playing a role within Denver, and that's my thing. <clears throat> I think you get criticized for not hitting your shots and not playing well and energetic on defense. That's it. I'm not going to dig too, too deep into the MPJ criticism. You do, you I'm get paid you. to do two things, and that's what I think he needs to do well. 
I think the Jokic stat when the Nuggets are winless when he scores 40 points is a coincidence. I don't think it has anything to do with when he scores, Denver loses. Part of it is, of course, Denver's not hitting their shots at the rate that they usually would hit their shots at. But in this game, Denver had a 126 offensive rating. I'm not going to blame one player in MPJ and maybe half of KCP because he was one for three from three on why the Nuggets lost his game. I think Denver lost his game defensively, plain and simple. In the fourth quarter, I don't care how hot you are from three. I don't care how many shots you're making. A 189 offensive rating is a combination of miscommunication on defense and also hot shooting. That's an absurd rate to have. And Miami has been exceptional in fourth quarters all playoffs long. That's why when I picked the Nuggets in six, I said, listen, I think that Miami is going to win some of these games in the fourth quarter. And game two is one of those games they won in the fourth quarter. They're doing an amazing job on Jokic. Just sending different zone looks at him. They had a one three th- one three one zone on him at one point, which whenever he got the ball at the free throw line, it wasn't a clean free entry pr- pass within it. And then when he gets the ball, they collapse on him, so he's not able to read out the court like he usually would be able to. But Jokic understands how he has to play when defenses play him in that way. He has to be more aggressive. He has to score more. And we saw in the fourth quarter, every time down, it was Jokic getting a basket and occasionally we had the Jamal Murray three that put the game within reach for them, sure. but they lost this game defensively 100%. Duncan you. Robinson scoring all of his points in the fourth quarter. I mean, how many of those were just defensive lapses from Denver? And I'm going to give Miami credit because these sets that they're running, they have so many different sets for different situations within the game that they're able to generate these open looks. And for me, when I'm looking at these games, I'm looking at games one and game two the amount of open threes they're giving up to Miami is alarming. Game one, Miami was missing their open shots. They shot 33% from three, but it's not, I'm not just going to attribute this to hot shooting. You know, I can say that maybe against the Celtics because Kayla Martin was, it was an anomaly what he did. I'm going to say that. I think it was, but the heat players playing this well all playoffs long. Look at what they've been last year as a first seed how they shot last year versus this year, Duncan Robinson, him not being a good three-point shooter was kind of just like a bad shooting stretch, although it lasted a long time. Max Schuess as well, because these guys are good shooters. Shooters. So for me, if Denver's going to continue to give up these open looks, then it's a, it's a big red flag for how this series could go. I do expect MPJ to come back to earth and play better. Mike Malone has to figure out how to handle these Jamal Murray um, pick and rolls when he's getting blitzed off them because when they're playing zone, they usually blitz Jamal Murray. So they're going to have to figure out all that stuff out. And what Miami's doing going five out and starting Kevin Lineup and Kevin Love into the game has really changed this series around and how Miami's able to expand their offense because now Bam Adebayo is playing more like a point guard. And it's very similar to how Sabonis, Jokic, and these point centers run their offense. I think Bam Adebayo is best when he is being used as a point center and he's able to pick his spots, pass when the defense forced him to pass and score when he has good open lanes to the basket. So I think Miami, game two, they show that they are a real threat. And Denver in six, I still have that. But Miami is really proven that this could be a series. And especially if they take game three, now we're starting to get into territory where game four is must win. Mm-hmm. 
I know we've seen Denver come back down 3-1 before, but I don't think it happened again. So they have to steal one in Miami, whether it's game three or game four. But I'm hoping they do a game three because if, if they go down 2-1, it's, it's really looking bad for Denver. Yeah, and it felt like going into this series, Miami needed to take one in Denver because we felt like if they got two at home, that's going to be really hard to overcome with you know the altitude, just their home court advantage. But getting one, Denver's huge. Talk about the Jokic stat. You know, 0-3 when he scores 40 or more in the playoffs specifically. The first time was the game four against Minnesota where, you know, they made a crazy comeback in the fourth quarter, pushed it to overtime. They lost. And the other one was game five, I want to say. I have Game four against the Suns where that was a game Devin Booker didn't miss, 14 of 18, right? I think the Suns scored like 129 points. And then this most recent game. So like Joel said, I think that's more of a coincidence than anything because it's not like Jokic is being inefficient or like jacking threes. Like that's not Jokic's game. He's going out there. He's giving you 40. And even that Suns game, he would have 53 on like 67% shooting. And it's not even like Denver's playing bad. Like you just mentioned, the Suns had to have a historic performance exactly. on Devin Booker. And KD had a 30-point triple-double yep. in that game, too. You had to have two 30-point double-doubles to beat Denver. Denver was not playing bad, so when Jokic scores a, a shit ton of points, mm-hmm. Denver still overall doesn't play horrible as a team. It's just these other teams are playing lights out. They're playing even better. Yeah, and especially in that third quarter of this past game, like, Jokic has gotten that mode. He was doing some shit. I mean, like, yeah, 18 court, in the like, you know, court to court, you know, from one side to the other, taking it down, hitting the layup. Like, he was just hitting some shots, like, almost like a heat check. But since he's not shooting threes, he's just like, I'm just going to throw some shit up. And it was going in really, more often than not. Um, but I really thought the heat in the first quarter set the tone. They were only up three going into the second. But I thought that first quarter was really important because it set the tone early, right? Max Struess hit his first three or four threes. Um, Bam out of bio with a little pick and roll jump shot from the free throw line. And the Nuggets were struggling. I mean, offensively, they felt like lost. And everything just felt really hard coming offensively. Wow. Um but then, you know, you got you to give credit to the Heat for really locking in because they, coming into this game, was must-win. We're talking about Game 3 being a must-win for Denver. This was must-win game for the Heat. And it was obvious Spo went into that locker room after Game 1 and really told them, like, you know, we got to lock in. Um, but even after that, only being up 3 going to the second quarter, the Nuggets, as always, they're going to respond, right? So they went into that run. Fall into the third quarter. A bunch of the role players stepped up. I thought Christian Brown gave uh, Christian Braun Brown, Brown gave some really good Brown. minutes. Jeff Green and Bruce Brown contributed. Um, but then the fourth quarter, Riv, like you mentioned, it was just one of those signature fourth quarter moments from the Miami Heat where Duncan Robinson started off the quarter with an eight to run by himself. I mean, we talk about the three point shooting, but something that he's even add to this game was just like the cutting the backdoor cuts that makes it so difficult to defend him because I feel like prior to this this real playoff run Duncan Robinson we really just know him as a shooter and this playoff run he's done more limited but more off the dribble getting to the rim hitting contested layups so when you bring that into that and you know how deadly he is from three it puts just that much more pressure on the defense so the fact that he was able to score eight by himself and then, you know, Nuggets did cut it down to three. And to talk about the Jamal Murray shot for a second, because we didn't touch on that, I didn't have a problem with it. Um, I thought Jamal Murray took a look that it was hot. wasn't a bad look. You know, I mean, that's a, sh- that's a shot I've seen Jamal he, he Murray make. He just hit two back-to-back that's, bangers. Yeah, like, I, I you, could, you could call a timeout. But now that you call a timeout, you probably foul right away off the timeout. You're not even going to get a, a point for a three. It was, it was, I'm, I'm the Heat are it. able to, you know, because Seth, either the one do zone, man, whatever they want to do in that situation, they have time to communicate. So I prefer not taking the timeout, given that he ended up getting a decent look. I've seen Jamal Murray hit that shot. I've seen him hit tough contested threes. So I didn't have a problem with it. But going into game three, it feels like a must win. 
excuse me, for the Nuggets, because if they go down 2-1, now all the momentum swings back to Miami. Now you're in Miami for for a game four where now it's really do or die. And Christian Brown was a part of of the biggest run that Denver made in the game. Sure. He was the spark that they needed. Once he was inserted in his defense, his ferociousness, his uh, uh, offense in transition, he was really the spark that that led a big-time Denver run, and he was great. Your point about Jamal Murray in the three in the fourth quarter, like Denver lost by three. They didn't call a goaltend, an obvious one on Bam Adebayo, yeah. that the ball was obviously going down on the Jamal Murray uh, floater, and they didn't call a goaltend. That's two points that Denver could have had. It could have been a one-point game with that final possession. And then, like I mentioned, every single open three-point look Denver gave Miami in the fourth quarter, and I'm not taking anything away from Miami. I am just saying that none of what I just mentioned is featuring Jokic scoring, which means that there are so many other plays you can point to that even if Jokic scores what he did, they could have won the game if they didn't have these other plays happen to them and didn't have errors on a defensive yeah, end. Isn't it insane that we're highlighting a man scoring over 40 points and that being the reason why his team lost? Like, yeah. like that should never be. Yeah, Jokic, shame on you. You scored 40 points, your team lost, you need to do better. You need to start passing the basketball. Since when has that been the narrative? Miami was in a league high 54 they were close, uh, close games and they probably feels like they won 54 and it is, it's honest. funny that y'all was talking about the sets because miami has like a set within a set For within sure. a set they have like 14 different sets within one set and that ad set you get like another five more so they have so many different plays that they can run dunk that's why the duncan thing was intriguing because he's coming to the playoffs he didn't play much the last couple years then by the boom, he's just running. Because he's still doing the same shit in practice. Same shit in practice. Mm-hmm. Doing running the same thing. He's just not playing in the games. Coming to just go out there and give that juice. I love that. Miami's taking too straight. <laughs> uh, the jig's up, huh? The jig is... Don't get I, strong. Pick a side me, man. I, I'm not going to say the jig is up yet. I'm going to wait a little bit. But um, I think Miami takes two straight. And, uh, Miami. Two straight. Oh, so it's going to be 3-1. 3-1 You're going chatting. back to Denver. I'm done. I feel it. Are they going to do the same thing they did to the Clippers or no? Nuggets in the bubble going down 3 1. Yeah, uh, streets don't need that. I need 1 3 1. I don't know. I don't, um, come back. I, I don't think so. No, that comeback was a little nastier. Doc Rivers and shit, you know, yeah. your coach. Um, it's Spo and shit. I, I doubt it. Um, no, I do think Miami takes two straight. I think they come out game three, blazing hot. They beat the shit out of Denver, and then okay. game four is like a close one, comes down to the fourth. Best four Only way I the see them season. losing two straight is if the Nuggets just forget how to score. I don't think they'll forget how to score, but I can see Denver having multiple defensive lapses late in that, games. Yeah, that's the bigger I don't issue, think Denver will forget I, how to score. I think Denver wins this series. So Miami is going to outscore the Nuggets flat out. Their offense will be better than the way that... I mean, it's not necessarily better. Um, it's just as long as it's better in the fourth, does it matter? I guess that's not wrong. Listen, Denver Although in game wins. one, in the fourth, the Miami Heat started to figure some Miami shit out. But lot, still, and they missed a lot of they open did. looks. They did. They Mark Schuess was like 0 for 10 that He was game. horrible. He was dumb shit. Denver wins, it, wins this series if they lock in defensively. That's, that's what the key for them is, this series. It, you you could have won game two. You, you won game one despite giving probably 10-plus open three-point looks. <sighs> nasty. You lost game two by three points when there were so many moments for you to take control of the game. If they can just lock in defensively and not have these mental lapses because it's not – Miami has a bunch of sets, and, yes, they execute very well, but KCP 
foul two shooters on three-point attempts. That's six free throws right Very there. Very ill-advised, you know, too. We're, we're talking about so many moments where Denver just was undisciplined. It, it was just not like them. You can't that, do Not the version Miami. I've seen of them the majority of the season. So that's why I think Denver, the biggest thing for them is showing effort yep. and being disciplined on defensive end, and they show winning series because as great as Miami is defensively, Denver's still been a great offense. Their I offense agree. rating is still 126-plus. As long as Miami hits their open looks because they're going to continue to get them, and they hone in, lock in defensively. They've been doing it all, all playoffs. They just continue they, to they do what they've been doing. they 50% of contested yeah, threes, bro. And for, the, and for the people out there that say, like, you know, Miami – you shot 49% from three. It's not going to happen. I wish that was the case. It's happened six times this playoffs. They've played in 20 it's playoff so games. Insane. Miami, They're each open. game they go to from here on out, they have a 30% chance to shoot at least like 50% it's from like three. It's like people are so confused why NBA athletes are making wide open jumpers. It's like very, That's what they get paid for. Yeah, they're very wide open. Like yeah. Max Schroes missing 10 threes was actually retarded. Like yeah. why, are you, why are you missing 10 threes? You know, yeah. so that's, that's the weird like – Wild thing. Like, that's more unlikely than him making 58%. Uh -huh. Like, he missed 10 open threes. I understand. And you could see it early in the game. That was their game plan, screen and roll. And honestly, they just were – they had so much space. The way that Miami's been shooting recently, more often than not, that's not that's not a recipe for the Nuggets to win. It's not at all. It's been a good series, though. I like it. It has. It has. You it's saw actually it's the most uh, viewed. Exactly. Yeah, you know what's the, the worst? The bubble. For the last four years. People didn't have internet, bro. LeBron's ring. I didn't want to say that. But it's gone up Orlando. the the last five years. It was a tough championship to win, though. There were bigger things than just basketball going on in the world, I, 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 All I was said was I was bringing up a number. I'm You're letting you know. defensive <laughs> over a number. I was just bringing up a number. It's actually almost cl it's close with uh, Warriors and Celtics. I think it might have surpassed 20. It the did. Suns won. No, it's, it, it is. Has. That's the most. It it's did. the most. It's the most. I, this is, it's more than the Celtics Warriors won, too. Pain. Yeah, no one cares about Steph I Curry. think we talked about this last year when the Heat were the first seed in the East. All throughout the year. This Heat team is very much like the Spurs. And how they move the ball. Oh, oh, their oh. ball movement. Not the current Spurs, but great, you know, the yeah. Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, Ginobili Spurs, and how they move the ball. They're getting Isn't a ton Spo of open of looks. Pop's tree? No. I'm trolling. No. Uh, Spo started out as a video, video coordinator yeah. for the Heat, and he's Pat. He's a Pat Riley protege, disciple. 100. Because usually when um dudes rival the Spurs offense, they're a Pop tree. Like Kerr was uh, was with Pop for a little bit. Um, Mike Brown was under Kerr, so by default, mm -hmm. you know. So it usually it usually happens like that. Like their ability last year to be the first seed and <clears> to have a bunch of guys step up because Jimmy last year too. Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, all these guys were less of household names, including Max Schuess as well. Their ability to find these undrafted players and now fit them into a system and maximize their strengths is something that we have not seen since Greg Popovich coaching that big three Spurs team. And something important about the Spurs, and I think it's happening currently with Miami, is the fact that it's not relying on the best player to be the best player at all times. With the Spurs in 2007, Tony Parker was the Finals MVP. Although Tim Duncan was the best player on the Spurs, there was many nights where Ginobili was. There was many nights where Tony Parker was. There was many nights where somebody, maybe like Steven Jackson, would step up and he'd take over the game. So with this current Heat team, Jimmy Butler is not stuffing the stat sheet. He's not leading the team in points every game. It's a different person, but I think those are the similarities within this Heat team and those Spurs team and how they play unselfishly and their ultimate goal is to win no matter how it happens. It just happens. Yeah, I get that. The Spurs just caught me off guard because they was like the best team in the league. <laughs> I feel like bad. Yeah, AC's yeah. a little bit different. They're, they're, uh, the Miami underdog reminds me more of Detroit. 
like the underdog mentality of Detroit. They mm-hmm. come out no Jimmy's an all star, but no real superstar level talent. Just a bunch of really good players, and they don't. You wouldn't really call care. Jimmy a superstar level talent or player. I'm saying prior to like you know coming in like no superstar level talent, they come out and then they're always the underdog in pretty much every series and bada boom, bada bang. Here's the thing: we always talk about Jimmy. Hey, the playoff time superstar. Last year we did it too. Jimmy Butler showed. Oh, he's better than a lot of players in the NBA. Then the regular season comes around. You forget about Miami Heat. You forget about Jimmy Butler. Then the playoffs start up, and you're just like, ah, Jimmy Butler, superstar. He's a superstar. I can understand that. I didn't but say he wasn't. No, I know, but I'm no. saying, like, you're saying before this. Before well, this before p- last year, we he just got swept, so I don't think we yeah. were. Yeah, I don't think we were talking about like him. Taking like, the defensive two side, years not Jamal was big too. You know, Kevin Love comes in oh, on Aaron sure. Gord, so even That's though good. even though the points haven't been there for for Jimmy, I thought specifically game he did his two thing with Jamal. No exactly, doubt. being I able like, to limit him. I like the Pistons comparison because they're both teams in the East that you know thrived on an underdog mentality. The Pistons won a championship. People don't remember this, but after 04, they made the conference finals or finals for the next four, five years. But D-Wade. they're just not the same in LeBron. terms of offense. It was D Wade first. I know, but come no, on. No, no, no. Can we bond on no, that? No, 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 we cannot. Because the Pistons were just a bad offensive team. It was a different era. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Way the Spurs different. were like an, an, the ball movement yeah, is yeah, what yeah. is very, is like uh, play style resembling wise, Spurs, to me for the Spurs. For sure. Play style. Because they. They weren't bad. They just, ah, yeah, they were pretty bad. But I was gonna say their offense. The arrow was, was that good. the arrow was different. I love Chauncey Billups. Chauncey was lit. If you had him instead of Marcus Smart, you'd won. You'd beat the Heat. Sick. Like no, I'm just Chauncey Billups is pretty fucking good. He was drafted to, to the Celtics. He was on five Chauncey. different teams before he made it. So home. we hired Sam Cassell, lead assistant. I laugh because he's really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Pistons after 04 lost to the Spurs in the finals in seven. Then they lost to D Wade, then LeBron, then Big Three Boston. Yep. Then they go back one more time or no? No, that was no, it. No, okay. Then then they became poverty. Yeah. And Chauncey went to Denver, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And they and went what, to the WCF. What was for the Marcus Smart Strike? Huh? What was the need for the Marcus Smart Strike? Like, know. I think everyone is I was probably bored. sitting here. Okay. Wanted to live it up. But yeah, he went know. to the WCF with Denver. That was crazy. Weren't we just having this conversation yesterday that we used to talk ball? And then you go and you do this. My fault. Come on, man. <laughs> just like the bother Dells. Be man. better. <laughs> Mark is smart, man. We're going to blindly rank finals run. Here we go. Again, let's go. We're going to rank four finals runs blindly. Just four. Last time was five. This time is go. four. I was cute. So first name up, 2012 LeBron. The finals. That's the finals that he averaged 30 points per game in that playoff run, and they beat the Thunder in five. Oh, okay. And I'm, then that's also Game Six, LeBron. I'm gonna that's kind of like the birth of LeBron. Two. And they beat the no, he Celtics said finals. in he seven. Said finals. No, I know, yeah. I know. It was no Game Six, LeBron. Run. No, but he's saying the playoffs versus versus oh, the Celtics. Game six, yeah. No, I'm saying, ECF. are we talking finals run or just playoffs? I mean, the finals run is it includes it's, it's, the playoffs. Yeah. You know. Okay, I'm just I'm thinking we're just going finals. Um, so I'll go one. I don't. I don't think I, he's gonna start off the best one with. The I really honestly scared. That's why I'm really scared. But last time we did it. We got some good names already. He Unless off he's with recycling. Kawhi, it fucked us. Yeah, but we, I'm not recycling. Not, I didn't think there. so. I'm going to go one, personally. What if he has another LeBron one on here? If he has multiple LeBron, <laughs> What if he crazy. hits us with 20-something right, LeBron? Thing. Here's the thing. The only, I'd say two the only one better than... The only other LeBron run better. Yeah. But the, he, he said that one already. 2018 oh. Cat LeBron? 28, but we didn't win. But I would yeah, say that sure. that was probably better than 2012. What if he says... 2016, that's what I said. What if yeah, he says, I know. He, well, he said 2011 Dirk already. He said Kawhi 2019. So what, we could say right? one. He said D-Wade already. So we can put 12 and you 12 one I think okay. All right, all right cool. Yes. 2010 Kobe Bryant. 
All right, so that means the next one's going to be two. He averaged 30 in that entire playoffs, yeah. beat the Celtics in seven games. I, I, I remember. His second remember. ring by himself. I remember. I respect by Paul himself. Gasol. Yeah. Um, That's the guy. No, yeah. Paul was amazing. So yeah. was Ron Artest. Now, this is, a, this, is a, this is a gamble because the next one could be better. Are we thinking three? I was going to say, let's be safe and say three. Okay. I'm going to say, ah, ah, fuck. Fart. <laughs> no, no, no. I heard that. Um, I, I thought that was you. Three? Uh, two? He was OD. He was uh, very good. What if he says some Shaq? Like, I'm going to be honest. Three. I would I would put 2010 Kobe number one. Lost me. Um, why is, doing that, this why is that fans. a loss? He's doing this How is that a loss? That, how is that a loss? Like I didn't, t- <laughs> I didn't say you you lost. 20, 2012 lost LeBron me. was just dominant, and you then also Brian averaged thirty. No, he, he, he was good. He did get pushed seven, but that wasn't that that Celtics team was a great team, no doubt. Uh, I just look at this twenty twelve LeBron run back against the wall, legacy on the line. You lose that game against Boston, your career, the trajectory of LeBron's career is completely different. Puts up forty five, wins game seven. Goes on to win the NBA Finals in dominant fashion. I think that that's why I have to put that. I'll one put Kobe. One. Let's go two. Kobe All right, two. I'm that's fine. A, with that's historical, no doubt. The reason I say Kobe Bryant 2012, 2010, why I put him over LeBron is because even though LeBron his back was against the wall because he just lost to Dallas in twenty eleven, Kobe Bryant was not with the super team. He did not build mm. a, a duo next to him that were already All NBA caliber players. Dwayne Wade at that point was still Dwayne Wade, and he was amazing versus the Thunder in the finals as well. Kobe Bryant went up against Big Three Boston, was down three two, and came back to win the next two games, including Game Seven at home. Now you've been very vocal about that he was not that good. No, I said he didn't shoot well. <laughs> he didn't shoot well. He, he had seventeen rebounds in that game. I believe it was double digit rebounds. He played amazing defense, right but now. in that entire series, he was good. That was a historically low scoring finals game, but. The Lakers came back down 3-2, and Kobe Bryant won that championship. It was great. So, for me, I, I think that solidified him because in 2009, they beat Orlando. He did. He had 15 rebounds, 23 and 15 that game. Oh, the Lakers two-peated from that championship. Mm-hmm. So, that's why I'd put Kobe one, but I understand LeBron won. I'm, I'm cool with two. I'll it's go Kobe. Two. Two. Kobe's two. Okay. 2021 Giannis. Are we thinking four? What is, three? What is the next He did one? close out yeah, with 50. a 50. Free throws. Uh, let's, let's, I'll go four. Ah, the next one could be better. Uh, this is I such see, a crap This shoot. is why I feel like Kobe at three would have been fine because I don't know what's going to happen. You think 2021 Giannis was better than Absolutely. 2020? I just said we could have put Giannis at four. I think, I think Giannis, Giannis is four. Giannis, Giannis is four. Is four. Yeah. Okay, we'll I go Giannis That's why four. I don't know what the yeah, next one's, one's about scary. to be. Okay, Giannis is four. All right, Giannis four. Easy. 2022 Steph. Oh, there Okay, well done, Riv. Riv, you did it again. Perfect. You did it again. So Steph at three. Yeah, All right, that's right. cool. That's cool. So one is 2012 LeBron, two is 2010 Kobe, three is 2022 Steph, and four is 2021 Giannis. I think that's perfect. Riv, you son of a bitch, yeah. man. And listen, four and three can be interchangeable. You can argue it back and forth, but one and two are consensus. Nah, Steph was unbelievable. Yeah. One, the, the 50 point, I understand. That's what yeah, I'm saying. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one and two are consensus. You can argue those back and you forth. Can. But Giannis down 0-2 to start yeah, this year yeah. as well. His fault. So you're saying LeBron and Kobe's run are yes. not debatable. No, I'm saying no, no. I said no, one and two between, can be interchangeable because yes. he said three and four at first. No, no, I'm, yeah, no I'm three saying and four are interchangeable. Three, and one and two are interchangeable. One and two are interchangeable. One, interchangeable. Saying, but those two can't. Yeah, the, yeah. the bottom two can't go to the well, top. I understand yeah. you. I understand you. Next topic: LeBron James, Kyrie Irving. Will they be teammates next season? Talking about this again. Chris Haynes reported Monday that Kyrie Irving prefers the Mavericks to acquire LeBron James. Now, it's important to note that Jova Buha from The Athletic said it would take more than T.H., Tim Hardaway Jr., Bertans, Josh Green, 
Jaden Hardy, the 10th overall pick, and a future first to get LeBron James. After that, a flurry of reports came out. Lakers are uninterested in bringing in Kyrie Irving. That's number one. And Mark Stein reported that Kyrie Irving has consistently expressed a desire to remain a Dallas Maverick. It's possibly because they can pay him the most money, five years, $272 million because they have his bird rights. Now, what do you think about you know, Kyrie Irving just saying, listen, I want to get LeBron to Dallas. He doesn't want to go to L.A. What do you think, Drew? First things first, this shit isn't happening. LeBron is staying in Los Angeles. This report, if anything, right, if we really want to throw a wild card in there of why this report came out in the that first place. Hell, yeah, bro's lanky. Just peeped his foot. Um, He's over anyways. I was stretching uh, the table. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Okay. Oh, my Lord have mercy. If anything, you want to throw a wild card in this in this whole discussion would be that LeBron James wanted this report to come out so that he we could really put pressure on the front office to get Kyrie Irving in the building and make him a Los Angeles Laker. LeBron James is not leaving. LeBron James just signed an extension this year, this offseason, to remain a Los Angeles Laker for two more years. I just don't see a world where he leaves. And it's also understood that this team was finally put together post, post let's be real, beyond the halfway point. Then this team was put together, and then we started to to finally figure things out towards the end of the season. And then, of course, the playoff run is the playoff run when we played really, really high-level basketball. Why wouldn't we just want to run it back and, and have a full year of continuity, a thing that we have not had since that 2020 to 2021 season, where if we remained healthy, who knows what would have happened, of course, but I don't like to live in what-ifs. So realistically, why am I going to entertain the idea of LeBron James going to leave Again, especially after this contract extension that he just signed to go join Kyrie Irving, a person who already had a, who had a desire to leave LeBron James in the first place. We understand that Kyrie has come out and said, I handled that wrong, that very poorly. You know, of course, taking the mature route of it in the end, in hindsight. But again, I understand it's Kyrie, it's Luka, it's LeBron. The idea sounds fun, but realistically what you're asking LeBron to do and what you're asking the Lakers to do is trade LeBron James. And you want LeBron James to request a trade off the Los Angeles Lakers. It's simply not going to happen. That's really all I have to say because I'm not entertaining. This. Why don't... I saw you tweet out, you don't want it to happen. Is No, but that's only for the fact because I don't want to root want to for the, the Mavericks. Team? I okay. don't want to root for the Warriors. I don't want to root for the Spurs. These are teams I don't want LeBron James to go teams to. Teams that beat him. Correct. Embarrassed him. But ulti- all <laughs> in just all... because... Yeah, well, that it's really just the Mavericks. But ultimately, I want LeBron James to stay a Laker. I want him to retire a Laker. I see that we were pretty damn close to going to the NBA Finals at the age of 38 years old with playing through a torn a torn ligament in his foot. So is it is it insane of me to think that if we have some continuity, we, we, we try and just retool a little bit next season that we could get better and ultimately reach our goal to reach the NBA Finals? God willing that the Los Angeles Lakers are a healthy team. It's not. I hear you. There's a couple ways Kyrie and LeBron could team up. I think the last possible way is LeBron getting traded to Dallas. Get the hell out of here. I mean, the Lakers are just a team that just one of of the best second half runs we've seen. Go to the WCF and like you mentioned, the injury to LeBron James. And I don't understand why the front, unless LeBron's coming out and saying, I do not want to be a Laker. Why the front office says this is the time to blow it up when we just made the WCF. 
when you just had Austin Reeves average 20 in the conference finals, when you've seen these role players step generational up, efficiency, when you, when you see Anthony Davis have his <laughs> longest stretch of health in the last, however many years, I mean, he was healthy, you know, for months, something you don't really see. So unless LeBron is done, which I mean, Bronny just committed to USC, his family's there. It doesn't really make any sense for, for him to go to Dallas. Now, Kyrie to LA is possible, right? This is something we talked about the trade yeah. deadline um, when he originally was on the Nets. Could be maybe a sign and trade. D'Angelo Russell probably necessary to make the money work, and I'm sure Lakers fans would be thrilled to have that happen. Um, and the idea of having that big three of Kyrie, AD, and LeBron is probably very enticing, intriguing. I don't know where you stand, actually, if you prefer or if you'd rather run it back. Oh, listen, you tell me I get an upgrade at Kyrie Irving. You take out D'Lo, I get Kyrie Irving. Send me the fuck up. What are we doing and here? The only issue with that is obviously the depth that's going to be behind them. You'd probably still be able we to lose, bring back. We lose Rui. We keep, you all, keep, we keep Reeves. Reeves. Um, but then you still got to think, you know, we're, we're having these conversations with uh, with Jalen Brown, the Celtics. Once you get to that upper echelon of cap, um, you get a lot more restrictions, right? You can't use the MLE. You can't trade, uh, you know, future first round picks. You could basically only do one for one player swaps where the money matches up. So, so if you, if you do, I know I'm surprised the owners, uh, you know, accepted that. Um, so if you do end up making the move for Kyrie, of course you get more of the superstar power, but you are giving up some of that flexibility down the road. And I think what this finals has shown us is that you don't really need to have all the superstar power to make the finals, Great. right? You see the heat, what they're doing with a borderline top Jimmy Butler's top 10, but a back half top 10 player. Of course, the Nuggets have Jokic, but they didn't go out and trade MPJ Aaron Gordon in pieces to get a third star, right? They kept their guys. So I don't necessarily know if, getting the super team and giving up the depth is worth it That's since fair. you have the depth and you already have two top 10 players. I agree. It feels like Kyrie at that point, I would almost rather have three or four role players who could play defense, who can shoot, who can play make rather than just Kyrie Irving, who is obviously a great player, but could be unreliable at times. You don't know whether injury related or off the court stuff is not always going to be there. Of course, when it's with LeBron, I feel like he's always more locked in, but I do think if there's any world that happens, it would be Kyrie going to the Lakers rather than the other way around LeBron yeah. to Dallas. But if I'm a Laker fan or if I'm the front office, I am staying put with this roster. Facts. I'm paying Austin Reeves. I'm paying Rui. Maybe I make some, you know, tweaks. Uh, across Gary Trent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like Gary Trent or Norman Powell or someone maybe off the bench, a little bit more scoring um, or possibly a point guard unless you want Braun or Reeves to run the point. But I don't think going again Kyrie is the move to make this offseason. I look at this. I'm so confused. What? I wasn't going to go next, but y'all looked at me. <laughs> when it comes to the Mavericks, it's going to be tough to build around Luka. It really is. Because I think they got themselves in a pickle. Uh-oh. And the big pickle is the fact that you traded for Kyrie Irving in the, in the first place. The Mavericks trading for Kyrie Irving was the beginning of the end for the Luka Doncic era. Here we go. In Dallas. It's, it's that simple. They're not getting LeBron. That's one. LeBron's not going to ask for a buyout. They're not going to trade for LeBron. Fuck no. It's not going to happen. Kyrie has expressed interest in staying in Dallas for one reason and one reason only. Because they can pay him the most money. If Dallas pays Kyrie 
$272 million for five years. If they give him the max, that's going to be the worst mistake in their franchise's history. We've seen how unreliable Kyrie Irving is since 2016. Whether it's him not playing good in the playoffs like he did in Boston, having his worst playoff series against Milwaukee, whether it's him not playing well outside of Game 1 versus the Celtics when, his, when the Nets got swept, or it's him being hurt or causing some type of controversy. The Mavericks have limited assets as it is. They have little limited cap space because they're paying Davis Bertans and Tim Hardaway Jr. $17 million plus. Bertans doesn't even play. This is going to be a disaster. And the only way for the Mavericks to salvage what they currently have and hope to build around Luka is letting Kyrie Irving walk. As bad as that sounds, I know you traded for him, but let's be honest. Did they trade much? It's Dinwiddie, Finney Smith, and a pick. They didn't trade much. The best thing they can do is let Kyrie Irving walk because if he stays, Dallas is going to have no flexibility for the future. And six teams right now are above the tax apron, which means you are now restricted financially. The Bucks, Celtics, Clippers, Warriors, Mavericks, and Suns. Makes sense. Mavericks are the only team that did not make the playoffs. Now, this is what happens if you are over that tax apron. You can't sign a player to a mid-level exception. You can't send out cash and trades. You can't trade a first-round pick seven years into the future or sign players on the buyout market. That's so true. Basically, everything to make your team better throughout the season, you cannot do. So if the Mavericks sign back it's Kyrie the Irving. fault. For getting KD, it is. No, that's not even exaggeration. And for, and for re- well, it's mostly for just yeah, re-signing for sure. all the players. And I'll get to that in a bit. But... The Mavericks, if they bring back Kyrie Irving, this is what the roster will be limited to. They have to bank on Josh Green and Hardy taking exceptional leaps. They have to bank on that 10th overall pick being very good. The best case for them is letting Kyrie Irving walk. I would not in a million years take a sign-in trade for D'Lo because D'Lo is unreliable as hell in the playoffs, and he's a cancer in the locker room. That's what he is. Where's the cancer in the locker room coming from? Years ago in L.A.? Well, no, Minnesota. I was just watching that D-Load DeJounte argument. How he left Minnesota was horrible. You have Alex Rodriguez going out an interview saying that the first thing you got to do when you're building a great organization is getting rid of bad apples. He's talking about D-Lo because they brought in Mike Conley to replace him. All the Lakers players did was praise D'Angelo Russell. We talking about we talking about the same D'Lo that during the playoffs a report came out that if he got benched he'd be unhappy. I'm that not was take, cap. I'm not I'm not taking that D'Lo. D'Lo, I think he's not great in the locker room, and I also think that he doesn't perform in the playoffs. He had two series in LA in the first and second round where he was good. West Coast Finals he didn't show up in every single playoff series before that he did not show that up. He was good. So At let's not let's that. not act like trading Kyrie Irving for D'Lo is going to be a good move for Dallas. That'll be disastrous. I agree. That'll be disastrous. I'm not saying you're wrong. The question I pose when it comes to this, when it comes to the salary cap, when it comes to these super teams, that's why I think the era of super teams is over. You have to draft all your stars. The question I pose is that, is it fair that teams are restricted this much financially? Because a team like the Celtics, Bucks, Warriors, that draft their stars and develop them homegrown and now have to pay them because their contracts come up, is it fair for them to be restricted financially for good scouting, for good developing, for good management, it seems a bit too harsh. I understand the punishment for teams that are just trying to go out and buy their way to success, like the Clippers, for example. 
But for teams that are homegrown, it does seem a bit unfair, but it does even out the playing field in the NBA. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. You said a lot. Um, it's either it's either you say a lot or, hey, guys. Uh-huh. You know. <laughs> you know, I'm just feeding all of this in because this is funny. This is a great strategic move by Kyrie Irving. Great strategic move by LeBron James. Uh, I also agree with you. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's very unrealistic. LeBron James it's just certain players that don't get bought out. <laughs> LeBron James Why is, that is even 1,000% one of them. Um, I do think Kyrie wanting LeBron to come to Dallas is very interesting because it shows a a sense of, oh, I this is the only guy I can play with or I can win with. This is a guy that I should have. He understands that he should have never left a long time ago. So it seems like it's a bit of accountability. I should still be included. In the, yeah, in that, in that sense. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I do think Dallas is pretty much stuck. I think you're kind of in this middle position where like, yeah, you have the 10th pick. What does the 10th pick look like next to a player like Luka? Taylor Hendricks, who knows? Possibly. And you also have to pay Kyrie Irving. That's a situation that, and like you said, you have a lot of dead money on the roster or That's just true. money allocated to players that shouldn't be getting paid that much money. And then Luka, we don't know if he's going to stay. You know, this all this situation doesn't look like it's going to keep him in Dallas. It looks a little bleak and very unserious in Dallas right now. But in terms of the LeBron situation, LeBron's going to stay in L.A. I think LeBron is 100% going to stay in L.A. I do think Kyrie going to Los Angeles, they shouldn't do. You just went to the WCF. I mean, we could we could talk about y'all going to the WCF with role players. You look at the Knicks, also another situation. It was just Jalen Brown and good role players. Jaylen they Brunson. went to the... Oh, I'm sorry. Jalen Brunson was and, so close and good to going role to players. The finals. I wouldn't say that, but they was good players go to the second round. Miami Heat, another team, star, role players to the finals. Like, it's, there's so many situations where you don't need to just crowd it up with a bunch of stars, a bunch of stars, a bunch of stars. You know, you can just make it work with two to one star, a lot of good role players. They get hot at the right time. It happens. Um, I do think, though, LeBron is going to stay in L.A., and I think you guys can build a really good roster around him. I think that's the most important part. And you got A.D., he held up for as long as he could. And we'll be seen in a long time, but we don't know if that's going to be consistent. Hence, why you continue believe. to build. I don't want to hear this nonsense all season. Hey, hey we, can you rely on him? We want to believe because he's a great player. We want to see him on the court. But that's why you continue to build good role players around him to keep, even if he's not. Do you believe continue Joel? up? Continue. Do you believe up. that AD can stay healthy? Cross my fingers. Even LeBron too. <laughs> LeBron's getting up there where it's like, oh, <sighs> tragic, bro. Because yeah. he was so fire it's, before bro, the he's foot. Old. But he yeah. was so. And now good. he's going to get surgery on his foot. Good. I'm happy. He's old. Tatum's getting cool. surgery on his wrist. Huh? Who? Tatum on his wrist. Oh, oh dude, good, good for him. You're in the uh, Wait, hold on. Wait, wait. Why are you breaking up? We're talking about, I don't know, injuries. <laughs> Off-season surgeries. You brought up Marcus and you, Yeah, I said I was wrong for that, and I apologize. Why'd you bring up Tatum? Um, yeah, yeah, good, good. Love that. Um, Why'd you blame the Warriors, though? Um, Because it's very obvious that they restricted the cap and anything you can do with your money because you're a super team. But why is it our fault that... Because it was Kevin Durant, it was Steph Curry, it was Klay Thompson, it was Draymond Green, and it was Andre Iguodala, and you guys ruined the game. You ruined the game. We ruined the game. You ruined Kevin the Durant could have went anywhere. Yeah, and I hate him. Austin was in the running. Cleveland actually with LeBron. They were also in the running. I don't. Know? I don't. I actually take back what I said. I don't. I don't think Kevin Durant going to Golden State is what 
led to the CBA. I don't care. I, I'm going to stand on that. Kevin Durant going to Golden State was... They took pay cuts. It was just an upsurge in yeah. the salary cap that season. And also, Bob Myers' foresight to sign Steph Curry to such a team-friendly deal is the reason why they were, they were able to sign Kevin Durant. Foresight? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was, it was a gamble. Was, I mean, he he's... Signed him to a long-term deal with he, the ankle he, injuries. He, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it was like a gamble. He signed him to a gamble, and then it so happened that Steph turned into the best shooter ever. And then um, Kevin Durant wanted to come play. Dre took Not a pay cut. Not best shooter ever, but two-time MVP. Well, yeah, you know what I'm saying. But um, yeah, Clay yeah. took a pay cut. Drake took a pay cut. Shit's happened. I think that they're doing this because of the Clippers mostly. I do. Hmm. What did they really do? I mean, you blaming the war. They only signed players they draft. They're doing this because Well, it's the, Kevin Durant also being able to join. Steve Ballmer's. I don't care about 2022 at all. I was happy for you guys. I oh, yeah, oh, fuck them. Steve, it's the 2018, the 2017, 2018, 2019 seasons that I'm just like. It's just funny because Cleveland wanted Kevin Durant too. So what, who didn't want him? So what's the problem if we get him? You guys were a 73 so if LeBron, team. If, if Kevin Durant would have went to Cleveland, you would have felt the same way? But he wouldn't have. I'm asking you. The shit, the shit that's the crazy question. is he really is like, nah, I don't want to play with the number one best player in the world. I, I want to play with the number two best player in the we world. Or the team number set. three, whatever you wanted to he say. wanted to play the best system in the world. Okay. At the time. That's what he really wanted to do. Yeah. The best system in the world at the time. He wanted to play in the best way for a championship. That's it. Cleveland would have been easy. Playing, I don't want to play with LeBron. Oh. <laughs> I mean, Cleveland didn't really run the system. It was LeBron ball. And Kyrie. He, and Kyrie. Hey, hey. And it worked. Kevin Durant wanted to be in a system. Awesome. Played DeMar DeRozan. It should work. I want to be in a system that won 73 games. The, the team that I blew at 3-1 It's a beautiful to. system. Yeah, you would like, love it. Can we stop? Anybody we would stop? love it. No shit. It's a Tatum's great system. Tatum's coming to the Golden State. No, he's not. He's coming to LA, bro. Oh, That's Tatum actually happening. Tatum wants to grind. <laughs> what fucking grind has Tatum been through? Tatum would kill to he's wear that. He's been heartbroken in ECF. No, he's ECF. he's been in the playoffs every year of his life. Nah, bro, he's actually coming to LA. I know you're scared of it. He has no he grind. It, if anywhere it's LA or fucking Golden State. I know. But he's Roger. he's a Celtic for life. I don't know. He should come yes. play with Steph. He would desperately want to wear that purple and gold. You see him talk the way he talks about Boston. I can't he wait for him Boston. to do I remember my new when Clay player. said he can't wait to play in front of the Lakers. Be honest, uh he comes to LA, he's dead to you? Damn near. <laughs> What's Damn. worse, Revis going to the Pats or Tatum Oof. going to the Lakers? Fuck. And they run. Well. I don't know, bro. You reacted. I don't know. You reacted pretty harshly to the poster. Going. That That's was amazing. I had to take it. It was on his Instagram yeah, for a minute. Uh, I still have it in my archives. <laughs> Fuck <That's> you, Revis. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. I don't I'm know what would hurt more. Ring. The thing is, he went to Tampa Bay in between you hear that? the year. You heard that? What? I'm happy Revis won a ring. Why? With the Pats? I'm happy he won a ring, not with the Pats. No, I'm not happy he won with the Pats. I'm happy he won, though. He deserves it. He deserves he it. He does. He's one of the best corners to ever play. Maybe I'm, I'm happy he got a ring. You ever thought about that part? Oh, my God. Spit. <laughs> now we are. <laughs> Maybe. Him on his team, we'd have the best cornerback duel ever. in history. History is nuts. Keep to leave Chris Harris, yeah, Bradley Roby. Stop playing. DJ Reed. Well, ours existed. Well, we're living in the Zinger. hypothetical. Yeah, I know. No, but I'm telling you, ours was that real. Then no they had the, like, one of ours, the ours existed. Yeah. You know what's real? Sick. That your quarterback is dog shit. Now. Okay, That's here we go. Real. Really, he's a, and he's our a, quarterback is great. First ball Hall of Famer. No. Oh, yeah? Super he's not champion. better than Aaron Rodgers. Okay, no one said that. Right. That was, we got Aaron Rodgers. That was, that was crazy. We got Aaron Rodgers. That was crazy. I won't lie. He cooked. Oh, did he? He did. So when the Broncos win the win, the win, the win, the win, the win, the we don't care. Interesting. We don't. Because you're, you know, your Bills, what are they doing? They made the playoffs. Your Eagles, who... I don't have a disdain for. Uh, choked it. 
Right, so the same way what that I have it, this you, game you paid Russell Mahomes, Wilson, you should you have the same thing. You Russell Wilson, yep. and you were dog shit all year. We were. And you fired we your coach. We had a bad coach, good, bad good, and we got Sean Payne. Everything you wanted came, didn't come to fruition. I got Sean Payne. Williams, you thought I, he was going to be like elite, Clippers? got hurt. Paid Russell Wilson, traded for Sean Payne. You know, this guy just cost the Clippers. No, we have three championships. How many championships do you have? Oh, shit. We have more championships in the last... 30 years than you do in your entire we franchise. Have you know, forget about it. We have the same. All right, fine. In the time the that fuck? I've been a fan, sure, in the, the, let's see, the 10 plus years that I've been a fan, we have the equal amount of championships that the Jets have in their franchise history. Well, zero, because he's That's never sick. seen any. I'm taking I don't want to do that. Bank. I don't want to do that. That, that was historical for the NFL. It was. It was. Super Bowl 3. It was. It was a guarantee. It's the only reason what that year was Namath is in the Hall of Fame, actually. Same year the Mets won. So, so, let me, so let me what a great year for New York, man! So me, oh my so god, the legendary. Let me get this straight: you're a Jets and a Celtics fan. Yes. The Jets won a ring in '69. Yes. The Celtics have eleven of their rings Shit's in the about '60s. Get, he's got to get yes. rude. All right. I love the grind. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> you don't love the grind. <laughs> you don't love the grind. How don't I love no, the Jets? No, it's Jets, not, yes. it's not grind. Jets, yeah. It's not grind. It's misery. It's hilarious. It's a grind. At least the Celtics won in 2010. That's why he loves Doc. 2008. You missed that year. Yeah. You were, That's why he loves Doc Rivers. It wasn't even a double-digit year. The Celtics won a ring when we couldn't even be friends. That's, <laughs> we could have been. We just didn't know each other. At one moment, that's where we literally couldn't be friends. We couldn't go to the bathroom together or nothing. When's, when's the last time the Bulls won? He's talking about segregation. No, no, yeah, it's very obvious. We know that. Very were you alive? I actually was. I was born April 16, 1998. I was, they won a ring after I was one. We're here. So I wasn't. It. We weren't even talking. I was born the year that the, the Broncos won a Super Bowl. Pretty gnarly. Respect. Thanks, man. To the best of you were born when the Jets never won. Correct. Oh my god! Just wait till this year. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna win this year. Oh god! We're due. We're That's all I know. You, you love to say we're due. One <sighs> of these years, it's gonna happen. One or one of the next two years, it's gonna happen the same way it happened to Stafford. The same way it happened to Brady. They changed. I'm quite teams, literally sure the Bills have win. said we're due. For a long the, time. If anyone's due, it is the Bills. Yeah. Well, honest. the Bills went to four Super Bowls yeah, and lost. And, and they, they kept saying every year, we're due. I respect it. I don't think there's Broncos anything worse than that. If, yeah, if no. the Jets went to four straight Super Bowls and lost every year, I don't think I'd be on the planet. If the Bulls went to four straight NBA titles and they did not win a single one, I'd probably hang it up. <laughs> I'd probably would stop watching the NBA, bro. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. No, that's sick, bro. There's got to be a sense of, like, rigged or something. Why yeah. are we going four straight times that we're not winning? You got to get lucky. That's probably wins. how Utah felt. They went back they to did back choke. and just wouldn't win. Morton Anderson missed the field goal. That was pretty terrible. Yeah. Bad All right. Yeah, something like that. That was their first one. That was, first that was the first Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That was the first one. And now they're the Jets in the division, so they're fucked. <laughs> Not going back. I'm fucking dead. <laughs> and Miami. Miami's actually going to win. I believe the, the Bills, they were losing to the Cowboys. They lost to the Cowboys, lost yep. to the Niners. They lost to the Giants. They lost to the Giants, and that yep. was Bill Belichick and Kelly C. Yeah, facts. Bill Belichick yeah, shut down the their offense. twice? They probably did, yeah. Because yeah. I think they, the Cowboys too people. You saying Miami is hilarious, but I'll let you. Why, do you, I'll, why is that? I'll, I'll let you walk on that. Why, though? They could arguably have the best defense in the league. And the best offense. Wouldn't that be some shit? That's offense for sure. Yo, two is actually coming for it. It's going to be awesome. Coming, coming for what? And you? we're going to talk about it later. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, got it. You're nuts. Am I? Yeah. You see the meat that he's put on. Wow. Yo. <laughs> you know, uh, Fields has better odds than him. Yeah, and That's crazy. Better Vegas, quarterback. Vegas is stealing money. Yeah, he's in the NFC. He's stolen he stink. money. NFC does stink. What does that have to do with anything? MVP is he? I mean, if he gets like 10 11 wins. You have to be, you know, top three team, top three record type Painful. shit. I mean, if he gets 11 wins. Top four seed in the NFC. Team's dog shit. Feels not doing that. Better chance A Mo and R. Is he at 1,500 rushing yards? Like 1,500? Oh my God. Nah, if he rushes for 1,500 rushing yards, I'll vote for him. Yeah, you know? 
What are we, oh, we're looking at EPA. Hold up. What's oh, up? Oh, God. Number two. Tua. Tua. Look, Number filter, two. Filter it. Fire. Okay. Week, weeks 11 through 18 EPA. He filtered it. That's hilarious. Tua is ranked 28th. Is he, he serious? He filtered it. He is serious. <laughs> Hate to break it. What Zach Wilson? Did he even play in those weeks? Oh, Give me that. You really want me to know <laughs> that. Like Zach <laughs> Wilson. <laughs> Let's see. Well, Mike, Mike White, White was 23rd. Let's go. <laughs> I don't think Zach played enough snaps. I have to do. Screaming at let me not do enough 50 snaps. I got his ass. Did he even play 50? Yeah, <laughs> uh, let's see. I think he played fifty. I don't know. It's possible. He, I mean, no, he started at least one game. Nice. Played against the Lions. Yeah, didn't he get benched? Oh yeah, yeah he's he got benched against. Uh, oh my god! Wow. <laughs> my goodness, he was horrible. Sandwich between Sam Ellinger and wait for it, and Matt Ryan. Matt oh, Ryan and Bryce Perkins. Bryce, yeah, Bryce Perkins, the Rams' third, fourth string, whatever. Tua was. was sandwiched between Tyler Huntley and uh, Deshaun Watson. No, oh, so that's a weeks eleven through eight. Sean Watson statement. Yeah, maybe this is the year. Who knows? Who knows? Deshaun Watson comes back. Well, Deshaun Watson's had his years, but he needs to get. Yeah, back he's here. already proven, but he has to prove himself once again. He does nuts. Before we go on to the next topic, a quick word from Shady Rays. Shady Rays. Shady. Oh. Kick off the new year with new gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the suns to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Sweeties. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays has given out their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PICKASIDE for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Now, Rev, this is Steve Kerr topic for you because mm. on Draymond's podcast, he said none of these guys in Miami are sitting there saying, well, I didn't play. Or, man, they put in so-and-so. They're all just about winning. And I think it's obvious he's singling out two players on the Warriors, and that's Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kaminga. So how do you feel about Steve Kerr airing out some dirty laundry on Draymond's podcast? Does this not sound a little dramatic? Like, why are we automatically assuming that he's talking about his well, team? Well, could he possibly? Yeah, but why, after but what just happened... Do you think and Steve was, Kerr is petty like that? I mean, there was reports. I think Steve Kerr is petty like that. The I don't want to traumatize this shit, though. About it. I, I think Steve Kerr is a smart guy. I think he's a very intelligent human being. So I think him doing that, knowing that it's on Draymond Green's podcast and knowing that it would get out kind of warrants some things. I mean, to me, I read it as like he was singling out Poole and Kaminga. I don't think it's Moody. I really don't think it's Moody because Moody played. So I think he's singling out Kaminga and It took Jordan him some Poole. time to get minutes, though. Yeah, and I, and I think you can attribute it to multiple things. I think um, the lack of accountability in that video is very odd, especially from Draymond Green. Like, you cannot be there co-signing that. I mean, you're kind of the guy that was a part of the the head oh, of the ship. That's the reason why it went down. Yeah, there. like, but, uh, and the same thing, like, and, and I, he's the reason, but he's not the reason because I don't think he has nothing to do with Jonathan Kaminga. Mm-mm. I think the way Kerr just handled Kaminga was just wrong. Like, I think, and he has no explanation for why he handled Kaminga. No I mean, bias, no bias included in this at all. No, it's like a fact. He was playing great from, I want to say January, February, for his standards, he was playing great from January to February. Towards the end of the year, he was figuring out his role. He was great defensively for us. He was a great rebound, and he was a great roller. So you thought he was going to play. He had, like, a couple bad moments in the King series. He 
didn't see the court. And he, we needed him especially against the That's Lakers. He would have been very important for that. And, and like he gave no explanation as to why Kaminga wasn't um, playing. And then for the pool thing, listen, shit sucks. I mean, looking at Struess and looking at Gabe Vincent as those young players, comparing them to kind of Poole and Kaminga, who are still really, really young, especially Kaminga, who's just turned 20 years old. I think it was really odd. But comparing the situations, you really can't. It's two different situations. Spo, Riley, they run a different program over there. But I just think the timing of it all was very, very odd, especially like it gave me the hint that they're getting traded. I think they're going to trade the young guys, especially off that video. But it just the timing of it all was really, really odd. And I think this handling the situation starts at the top and goes all the way to the bottom. Starts with Bob, starts with Kerr, heads over to the vets, and then it goes back down to the young players. Everybody just was at a disconnect all year, and it started with that punch to the face. Hey, Joel. Steve Kerr looks like a joke. Ooh. Oh, holding them. Holy shit. Holding Jordan Poole and Kaminga accountable like this. The reason, <laughs> the reason I say that is because comparing the Heat's role players to the Warriors' role players is not a fair comparison. We're talking about players within the Heat organization and Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson, Max Struess, who are undrafted players. There's no expectation on them as players. When you were drafted with the seventh overall pick in the draft, like Kaminga was, you are expected to be a really good player off the gate. And I am sure Kaminga, while he's sitting on the bench, he's seeing players like Josh Giddy, like Franz Wagner, excel in places where they're able to play. It's getting to him. He's a high pick. And the expectation you have when you're a high pick versus an undrafted guy are two different things. And when you're a coach, you have to handle the situations similarly. You can't just be like, I'm expecting these 22-year-olds who Jordan Poole was just arguably the third best player on a championship run. He was probably the second most consistent offensive player on the run to accept not playing. For Jonathan Kaminga to not play, for Moses Moody to not play, even though I, thought, I don't think Moses Moody was complaining, uh, but you can't expect them to be fine like, the Heat's undrafted players would be fine if they don't play. It's two different things. And on top of that, Steve Kerr is on the podcast with the guy that punched Jordan Poole in the face before the season. <laughs> Draymond Green was not held accountable for that. He wasn't. Klay Thompson shot 34% from the field in the Western Conference Finals. Every single press conference, Steve Kerr gave a, gave a vote of confidence for Klay Thompson. Like, he usually <sighs> makes those so shots. Why wouldn't you? This is what I'm saying. There was no accountability for what Dre did. There was no accountability for what Klay Thompson did. Yet you're trying to hold Jonathan Kaminga and Jordan Poole accountable. If you're going to hold them accountable, which I agree with, you got to hold everybody accountable because these young players see that. The fact that they are the only ones that are getting called out when the veterans on the roster are not playing bad or are doing things to harm the team, and you are not calling that out equally. I think the reason why players are more easily able to buy into Spo's system is because Spo will hold everybody accountable, and they have a leader in Jimmy Butler there who will definitely get in your face if he sees the wrong thing. I'm not trying to discredit Curry's leadership because I think Curry's an exceptional leader, but he leads in a different way. He doesn't lead with that passion in Isn't your that face. The way that aggressive Draymond attitude. does, though? probably golfing. That's the way that Draymond leads, but Draymond loses a lot of credibility within that locker room when as soon as there's some pushback, he punches yeah, somebody he, he in the face. He lost the young guys the moment he punched Poole in the face. 
1,000%. So I respect Steve, Steve Kerr. Man, but haven't y'all jokingly said on the podcast before that, hey, I, I, I understand it's where he's a joke, from. But that's a joke. It's not the truth. That's not the truth. I respect Steve Kerr, but his job is to hold everybody accountable and to have everybody on the same page. And the failure to do that, to me, goes more on the coach than the 21-year-old players. And not only that, Riv mentioned a great point. Jonathan Kaminga was playing great to end the season. In the Western Conference Finals, the Warriors needed more semis, long. Semis. And semis, my bad. In the second round, the Warriors needed more lengthy athletes that can defend, and they needed size in that series. And Steve Kerr starts Jermichael Green in game two. Then when that doesn't work, goes to Gary Payne II. I think Gary Payne II is a good energy player. He's not better than Jonathan Kaminga. He's not. And it would have made more sense to start Kaminga. So the fact that Steve Kerr, in opportunities where the best thing for the team to win is to play Kaminga, blatantly did not, shows me there's something there. And that's why I don't give Steve Kerr a pass. And I think him calling him out, it looked like a joke. Because he he needs to he needs to take the majority of the blame in, in this situation. He started off said Steve Kerr is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm not going to go that far to say Steve Kerr is a joke because I think two things are true here. I think Steve Kerr is right with what he's saying, but I also think he shouldn't have said this. His quote directly was, and you know this from our group, from our groups that we've had, when you have that championship mentality, every guy is bought in. Every guy is just trying to win. Nobody cares about any of that other stuff. You don't go into the locker room saying, well, I should have played more. You just want to win. And he's right. Very rarely, specifically, if you want to look at this Miami team, you're not looking at a championship roster and have role players or, or really any players having a problem with anything going on in the organization. Very rare. I mean, obviously years past, things like Bulls with Jordan, Rodman, that type of stuff. But generally speaking, you have a team that is locked in. There's continuity there. There's people. The, the team respects each other. The coaches respect the players. Players, the coaches, the players with each other. So I think what Steve Kerr said in a vacuum is correct, right? Um, and I think Poole and Kaminga singling them out, not that he did, but Obviously, this is who we're talking about. I think they're both in kind of different situations. Jordan Poole has no one but himself to blame for his lack of play, right? I mean, he scored in this playoff run. He averaged 10 points on 34, 25, 77% efficiency. I understand being upset. You played 16 games in game one against the Lakers, 10 minutes in game three, but he couldn't make shots. And if Jordan Poole is out there not making his shots, there's not much more you're looking at him to contribute at a high level. Bro can't play defense. So Jordan Poole has no one by himself to blame. Kaminga is a different situation because he's really untapped potential. We've seen him play minutes. We've seen him show flashes. But it's really hard, especially for someone this young, to get in any sort of rhythm and play high-level basketball. So on one hand, I understand why Steve Kerr maybe didn't want to put the pressure on him in the playoffs in these big moments. You're going up against LeBron James. Maybe he didn't want to put that type of pressure on he put Kaminga. Moses Moody on LeBron. I understand, he did but well. I was going to say, no, on the other hand, Kaminga horrible. is still probably one of your best he defenders. He's going to bring energy. He's versatile. <coughs> He's athletic. So there's a lot of things, especially once you're down in the series and you got to just find some shit to work. I mean, he never played more than 10 minutes against the Lakers. So I understand why Kaminga... And there was a report out there saying that if Kerr's not going to play him or play him consistently, he wants out. And I understand he's going into year three and he's not getting the type of burn, honestly, he deserves after being one of the top draft picks. So Steve Kerr has, you know, he has the stain in the locker room and the organization to really say whatever he wants. 
But I don't know at this moment, going into this offseason, where you already have a thousand other issues going on. You have the the punch still lingering from last offseason. You have Draymond's free agency. You have people wanting to trade Clay. You have people wanting to trade Poole. I mean, this whole roster, damn near, except for Steph Curry, is under question in Steve Kerr's job. So I don't know, while there's a reason to call them out, and maybe it's justified, I don't know why you would do it now when you have all these other issues going on in your organization. Not to mention now, but do it on the guy who punched one of your teammates. Uh, one of your teammates. I just think podcast. when it comes to Kerr, I think he just has to hold himself accountable for how the season went. I think there's a lot of moments that if you're a Warriors fan and you watch the team very closely, that Steve Kerr definitely messed up in a lot of this playoff series and playoff games. He could have coached a better a better game. And Jonathan Kaminga, while he's raw, he's a good basketball player. I don't I don't think he's somebody that is like an Alexej Pokuzevsky where he just cannot play. Respect Poku. Jonathan Kaminga is a very good player. He's already a great defender. He's good in the short row. He's a good finisher around the basket. The shot needs work, but the three-point shot improved this season. If he's in Toronto, I feel like he averages the same stats as Scotty Barnes did. Oh, uh, the same minutes. Scotty Stray. There's always a Scotty. Am I lying? <laughs> don't, don't, ask, uh, don't ask me no questions. I mean, it's not an insane bar to clear with all due respect to Scotty. It's fucking the year you're talking about, man. We were like 15 this year. It wasn't that good. <laughs> um, accountability when it, can, when it comes to Draymond Green, a four-time champion. One of the best defensive players of our generation. One of the best defensive players of all time. Do I agree with Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole? Absolutely not. It's a teammate that's a brother. You don't do that. You don't lay hands on a brother. There's other ways to handle arguments with one of your guys. It never should result to that. However, in terms of accountability, when Dre is the leader, it's hard to... I want to word this correctly because I don't want to sound like I'm anti-pool. I know I've been anti-pool on the show before, but this isn't a whole anti-pool thing. Jordan Poole simply did not play well in the postseason. Jordan Poole did not play well in the regular season. He had a couple moments here and there towards the end of the season. We start to see him heat up, but we see a lot of players start to heat up towards the end of the season because we know what's going on. Teams are now going through different rotations. They want to see the young guys get burned. They want to see what they have in these guys. And Poole, did, he did play well towards the end of the season last, let's say, last month. Then it comes into the postseason. Joel already mentioned the splits. We saw how he looked against the Lakers. Game one, Warriors had a strong chance to steal game one. I say steal because they just had a seven-game series. They played tough as nails with the Lakers. They were hitting three after three. It seemed like they could not miss. And the dude decides to take a logo three, although he was in space. He had space. You like the confidence. It was great that game. That was the one game he was actually great. Okay. Yes, he had. You're right. You're right. You're right. 100%. Let's not take that away from him. He had a very solid game. And then the last moment, he just makes a boneheaded move. I get it. You're you're very confident in your abilities. And I can can appreciate that. But you got to know your role. How you mentioned it. Hey, you're a role player. You got to know your role. Uh, Do a job. Steve Kerr mentioned it. Know your role. You got to know that in that moment, you're not the guy for the shot. If you're going to do anything, let Steph get the ball. Let him drag the attention. Let him kick it out. Let him make that decision because Steph Curry's earned that right. And then the rest of the series, you mentioned it, Joel. He struggled shooting. And then if you're struggling shooting, missing your shots, how we talk about MPJ, right? You have you have two jobs. Play well, play some solid defense, hit your, hit your jumpers. Here's the thing with Jordan Poole. He doesn't have that defensive responsibility. His responsibility is to score the basketball and occasionally play make. 
And if you can't do either of those, you're essentially useless to us. So, yes, Jordan Poole was an issue there, right? It, it's hard to defend Draymond in that situation in terms of hitting Jordan Poole, no doubt. It's, it's, that's not something I look at and think, hey, I agree with you guys. That needs accountability. But in terms of on the basketball court, even Dre accepted it at one point when he missed that one game. I believe it was due to suspension because he had too many technicals. The game after, he said, hey, coach, if you need to sit me, you can, you can, I can come off the bench for you. I'm willing to do that for the betterment of the team. They ended up winning that game. It ended up leading to the momentum shift for the Golden State Warriors. Draymond went and did that as one of the leaders. He went to the coach and said, hey, coach, I'm willing to, to come off of the bench because if that's going to benefit the team, I'm all for it. There's accountability there. In terms of Klay Thompson, right? What we've known Klay Thompson to be is a historically solid playoff performer. He struggled these last two years, no doubt. But this regular season, Klay Thompson was arguably the best that we've seen him. And then he comes into the postseason, disappointing for sure. But I understand Kerr saying, hey, we trust him. Those are shots he usually makes because he's a four-time champion. Klay loves to joke about that. But in this one scenario, I will defend him. He's a four-time champion. He's shown up in big moments. Poole was great last year, was very poor this year for the entirety of the year. Do I believe in subbing? If that's what you guys are believing that he did, I won't be the lone guy saying, hey, I'm not buying it. Do I believe in subtweeting your own guys? Absolutely not. I'm not for that. But again, we can just sit here and I'll sit here and say, I think Kerr is more so praising. Because as Joel said in the quote, he's saying, hey, we had championship, we had a championship, a bunch of championship guys that understood that. And Jordan Poole was one of those championship guys. He played well. He got the burn. This year, he did not play well. He did not get the burn. That's what happens. That's the NBA. So again, uh, I, I'm all for Kerr praising the Miami Heat because they deserve it. They, the role players have been amazing. They've heightened their game to limits that I don't think anyone had expected them. And that's a credit to them. And, and, and Kerr was giving them their praise. But I will live with you guys in the sense of, feeling as if he is subtweeting his own guys. It's it's irresponsible because, yes, you're the head coach. You want to not be immature, but he did not lie. He did not say that. He did not say anything wrong, in my opinion, because these guys, if you want to say coming and deserve burn, he did not look good in that King series, and that was the first series of the playoffs. That's not a great tone setter. Against the Lakers, you could say they used size, but so he tried to cycle through things. I think Gary Payton was great for them last year, and that's why he decided to go back to them. It was understandable in the playoffs when you he traded for him. Exactly, he traded five second round picks to he get him back. He traded to get him back instead of just yeah. giving Kaminga the role. I, no, for sure, for sure. I'm not going to disagree with you there, but GP was so great for them last year. I understood the logic behind it, and they ended up winning that game when they inserted GP into the lineup. Uh, but that was also when they put Jamichael Green into the lineup. So. I think that Kerr has earned the right to say certain things because, of course, he has a Hall of Fame resume as a coach, and he is just coming off a championship, so I won't be as critical as saying he's a joke. But again, what he said was a joke. It was a joke. <laughs> because it's like, for example, I'm going to quit because coaching is basically you're in charge of a roster. So I'll equate it to parenting in some sense. If I'm a parent and I have two kids, or I, let's say I'm a parent and I have kids, and you, you're a parent and you have kids, and we're having a conversation that we know our kids are going to hear because, you know, this conversation is going to be heard. And I'm like, man, you know, my kids misbehave all the time. And I'm like, man, you know, and I think what makes it better when you when how this parenting works is that their kids don't misbehave because 
one didn't get the toy that the other wanted or whatever like that. Let me it's ask you, did you thing. openly say my kids misbehaved? In that scenario, yes. When in this scenario, if he's you're not dealing, openly saying he's being around the bush. If yeah, you're, he, if you're dealing, yeah. if you're dealing with if you're dealing with something within your team, and then you go on somebody's podcast and say, "Well, this is great about their team, and that was a blatant issue with your team." It is a sub. Drew, I think what you're missing is Steph Curry. Quite literally, had a whole speech about guys complaining about not playing. Yeah, like he did. The, like this was. Right before Game Seven of, mm -hmm. against the Kings, he literally had a speech before they got on the bus talking about guys not playing. If you don't want to play, don't get on this bus. All that good love stuff. Cool, cool, cool. They follow the leader, and then this comes out, and he's Steve Kerr is kind of like, oh yeah, you know Miami Heat guys, they do this, they do that. It's like the reports have been happening, and he Steve Kerr's not dumb. He's he's seen the but, but he's and I do think you guys timing. came you guys came over that though because Steph got on their ass. You guys ended up rallying. Of course, it Did was a come Steph over Curry. That Steph just had 50. He was amazing. He was amazing. I think but again, Steve we can't Curry separate got the fact that they were not good. Who? The role players. Who wasn't good, Jordan though? Poole was not good. Moses Moody, in limited Didn't opportunity, play. I wouldn't say he was bad. But again, was that... Do you blame him for not playing him? For the regular season, right. yes. All right, that's different. I'm talking postseason. He was playing Anthony Lamb over Moses Moody. Right, again, I don't agree I, with that. Yes, I blame, I blame a coach who... In the regular Play, season, I agree. Plays guys for a portion of the regular season, then stops playing them, and then plays them again. Then gets upset when they make a mistake. You just stop playing he, but he, them. But Kerr's been notorious for fucking around with lineups. Not to mention, we yeah, have with to, veteran lineups. Mm -hmm. He's never done this with young guys, and so it's a different mention, feeling. We, we also last have year, to, you guys had the young guys, and you still they didn't overcame. play. They, they just didn't play, which uh -huh. is fine. But Jordan Poole obviously did. Yeah, and Jordan and was Poole was amazing. great last year. He was. But, Jordan, but then he but, played but this, this is, year. But this is where you're losing me. This is why I know. This is why I'm trying to explain to you. Jordan Poole had a stretch of 25 to 30 games last year where he didn't play well. He still played a lot of minutes. This year he had the same exact stretch, and he was losing minutes. It, this is not a he didn't play, he plays bad, he loses minutes thing. This is not that because mm. he had, he's he's a, he's a streaky player. That's just what he, he is. is. He had the same thing last year where he wasn't his good. Stats overall for a were stretch. way better last year. They were yeah, but he still had a stretch of where he wasn't good for a portion of the time. And also but a in question the for you: season though, you could yeah. get you could get away within the regular season. Once playoffs time, you can't. Sit and also, there. I, 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 question for you, I, I don't disagree and then with his the playoffs. Is not good. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't disagree with the playoffs. Him not playing in that. I don't disagree. Okay. I don't think he should have played in the playoffs. He wasn't good. But the Kaminga, you have to throw in something else, bro, and throw. He and Anthony try. Lamb, not Lamb. It was more than GP against the Kings. It wasn't a good matchup for John at the Kaminga. The Fox Monk, they're too fast. But against the Lakers, who play big guys like Rui, who play LeBron, like Kaminga's are one of our best defenders against LeBron. We were still getting out in transition on y'all though. Who? Justin Kaminga didn't play. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. Yes, the the Kings are faster than us, but we still were great in I'm transition. Just talking about the it's not set. the same yeah. same offense. No, no, absolutely guard. not. What's question for you? Yo. And also. The under what was the underlying storyline for the Warriors coming into this season? It was the fact that yeah, the entire I, bench you. was the two timeline young. Yeah, that that's what it was. the The Warriors blatantly, intentionally, did not bring back veterans or did not actively go out and seek veteran replacements because they were going to trust their young players to take that next step. And Steve Kerr never fully trusted Kaminga or Moody to prove themselves in that way throughout the regular season. Mm -hmm. It's just tough because, yes, I agree with you. Kaminga had a stretch in January, February, where he was playing really good basketball. But I look at these young guys, and they were inconsistent. So it was hard to find a, a strong sense of trust in these guys, especially in the biggest moment of the season. That's the only way I look at it. 
I mean, who else was it consistent? The only thing I can I can sit here and agree with you guys is if you believe that Steve Kerr is coming out and openly trying to subtweet these guys, that's a bad look. I agree. I'm, and I'm not. And but, that's why it's a joke. But, but here's the thing, though. But is he wrong? He's not wrong. He, but he. But this is the, this is where the accountability problem is. Yes, Kaminga was. I mean, yes, Poole was inconsistent. Nobody's denying. It. I've been open about how for hey, sure, Poole for has sure. not been good this year. I know that. But so was Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson was, and I don't care about those four regular rings. season. He We're talking about the playoffs right now. We're talking right. about the playoffs. I don't right. care about in, in the regular season. He was good when Steph went out. Correct. That's when he was great. When him and Poole were running the show, that's when he showed his best. Isn't that what you want? No, that, that's no, fine. You, but you, you, you can't. But you can't say that because Poole was also great in that moment. He wasn't and you great. Don't, he was and you, good. No, you no, don't give him Curry. his credit. No, he had yeah, he had extra attempts. His efficiency was not good. But here's the thing: Poole was still running the offense. You don't give him his credit for keeping us in games and winning us. I said I so you he had moments. So you can't play the clay role. And then in the playoffs, Clay was not consistent. Clay Agreed. was shooting us out of games. Clay was shooting us out of momentum. There was a counter the first of all, Poole is a young player. Poole is streaky. I, like I said, I don't disagree with him not playing. Mm-hmm. He was poor defensively. His offense wasn't translating. He was very bad. When his offense translates, he's not horrible on defense. He's like, okay, but when he's bad on offense, the defense lacks. I 100% agree. He shouldn't have played. But also, you have to look at your veterans who are running the show. Draymond Green didn't show energy until we were down 3-1. Mm-hmm. Clay Thompson was shooting us out of... Hot streak shooting us out two, of games. Clay Thompson yes, was we the blew, main reason yeah, you we, guys won. We, yeah, he was the main reason. Or they were double teaming Steph, or trapping Steph, and he was getting open. Don't knock him when you say that. Hey, no, he shot us out of games, Clay, but then I, when he shot you into games and won he you shot a game, us out, he shot us into one I, game I, I, and we blew you out. The, and not to mention, facts. in the first round versus the Kings, Raymond Green stomped on Sabonis, got suspended, suspended next game, and the Warriors won without us. That's what it was. I said that he got suspended for the technical fouls, but technically it was. But no, but he got Jordan, suspended. but Jordan Poole in the without Steph Curry in twenty six games averaged twenty six points and five assists. He shot forty two percent from the field and thirty one percent from three. That's what I was saying. I but eighty nine percent from the free throw line. But that's what he is. He's a great free throw shooter. He's been that. His efficiency was poopy. But that's still twenty six a game for sure. But again, but that was due to uh, opportunity. Pl- I mean, and I'm not knocking you for twenty six. Because how many players can score twenty six? You're plugging pool. You're plugging Steph out, and you're putting pool in the Steph replacement. So obviously, the attention on him. He's not going to shoot a good. Pr- no young player's okay. doing that. So then, what's the reason? What's the reason that when Curry came back, that the efficiency didn't go up? Jordan Poole. Because Jordan Poole still gets the same role off the bench. No, but you just told me that, hey, Steph coming, now that Steph's off the court, now you're getting Steph attention. That's not exactly what you're saying, but you're saying the attention that Steph would get or normal defensive coverage, now Jordan Poole stepping onto that that occasion, you're telling me that that's the reason why his efficiency would be poor. So now when Steph Curry goes back into the lineup, you would expect that now Jordan Poole No, would... because he was already inefficient all year. I'm just saying because last year when he was starting, he was efficient. That's what I'm, I'm talking about, the starting I'll... role. Last year, when he was starting mm-hmm. and the Steph was hurt, he mm-hmm. was efficient. This year, he was already poor efficiently, but he was still putting up shots. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying it, that when you plug into that Steph role, you're not going to have the same looks, which is understandable. Him coming off the bench, he just wasn't good coming off the bench this year. I'm not. There, there was no. He just wasn't hitting shots. Uh-huh. He had he had the same looks. He was getting the same opportunities. He had to create for other young guys. He just couldn't do it. That's just it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But to, to like Kerr has to. No matter how many rings you got, how many DPOIs, MVPs, it don't matter. So what have you Accountability done? Accountability has mm-hmm. to start from yeah. the top guy to the bottom. It happened to Michael Jordan. It happened to Kobe Bryant. It, it's going to happen to Steph. It should happen to Clay and Draymond. It, the, the fact that they talk about the situation more than the best player in the team is, is just wild to me. Like there is no accountability from top to bottom. Draymond Green is up. He has yet to openly, fully apologize to Jordan Poole. It, it really hasn't happened. 
If you notice how the way he's apologized, it hasn't been an open, full apology. It's been kind of like uh, being around the bush. Y'all didn't hear what he said, this, that, and the third. It hasn't really been an open apology. So he has yet to really fully, and even the suspension wasn't even like, Real suspension. Yeah, it wasn't even like it was just like to make because if, if they had to do something, if they didn't get caught, it would never suspended Draymond. No. no, it would have been nothing. So you you really didn't even ride for pool like that. You should have kind of kept. Spo would have suspended him for Mad Long. It feels like there's it feels like there's some def, there's definitely some high school varsity versus yeah, freshman like a divide. energy going on with yeah. the you know, current Draymond. They came up. They they were together. They've been together for a long time. So I get the relationship there. But you can't do that with young players coming into the league. Like you they're can't gonna do feel that. Fuck up their their psyche. Yeah, I mean, like you can't. You can't do that. And that's why I feel like Steve Kerr saying this it just messed it up even more. Yeah. And and that's why I wouldn't be surprised if both of them are traded. I just uh, the tough love. That, like, I'm a person that was raised with tough love. That's was how it, was I, it. Was it all three of you got tough love? Tough love or just you? So there's different individuals that learn better with that. And I can acknowledge that. The three of us got tough love. That's the point. It, it, this is the situation where Charles is the older brother. He don't get tough love. You get the tough love, and uh-huh. then uh, your sister gets tough love. Yeah, it's like well, Charles just because he the older brother doesn't mean uh-huh. he don't get tough love. He's uh-huh. like, this is the problem here. Like the young guys are getting old, and Modi is probably the one guy who's kind of like just uh, whatever, you know. Yeah, he's like, just in the yeah, I'm just in the middle. I'm gonna get better. But Kaminga was a seven coming in. He was raw. We knew that, so he wasn't really gonna play the first year. But now this year, you saw the stride. You saw the improvement. And bro, mm-hmm. you're playing Jamichael Green, Anthony Lane. Like bro, what are we doing? Like, well, come Green on. Was in Don't leave year. out Gary Payton. And you trade for no, Gary Grant Payton. No, Gary Payton was fine. We and got him late. DiVincenzo. was fine. Mm-hmm. I was fine with that. He, him and Poole had some moments together. But, like, bro, you got to, like, what are we doing here? Now, and also, I think that there's a lack of sympathy towards Jordan Poole with the role he had to accept. Because I think last year, coming off the bench, you're coming off the bench and you're just focused on scoring. And you're playing with players, veteran players, that understand the offense and are able to gra- grasp the concepts much easier. Versus this year... Now you're playing with DiFincenzo first year in Golden State. You're It's a constant shuffle of rotating guys within the lineup that you're coming off the bench with. So now Poole is playing with players that don't know the system like the veterans did. Is Otto and that Porter the it. one person that you're looking at from last Bielitza, year? The Otto Porter, Gary Payne the second. Gary Payne was on he this was team. The second half of the it's year. It's not even that. Poole shared the court more with um, the vets last year. Because, you know, they run a lot of small balls. The vets, who we're yeah. talking about, though? He was Ray, one of your yes, best players. Clay, yes, okay. Wiggs, Correct. For majority, though, when he was trusted, that's who he was running with. Yeah. Now this year you're playing with dudes who, four new dudes who don't know the system. Kaminga, yes, he was on the team, but he don't know the system. No facts. Dante don't know the system. Moody don't know. Even Jermichael Green, Anthony Lamb, mm. they don't know the system. So now you have to not only teach them, you still have to learn yourself. Because Poole, you, it takes like three to four years to learn that soon. So Poole is still learning as it goes. So, But I'm not giving them like say, a, yeah. insane Poole's excuse. Poole's been on the team for what? This is year four? Going to go into year four? It's, yeah, but year or two. this was year four because next year will be year, year five. five. You yeah, tell but, me about year but five. But this cool. is year three with the big three all being together. But mm-hmm. I definitely think the dynamic affected things. And, you know, you go from last year, Draymond Green, actively. Yeah, was dog shit against the Lakers. I can't, yeah, he wasn't. I can't he wasn't, shit he wasn't again, good. You look, Draymond Green last year was actively vouching for Jordan Poole to win MIP and for them to restructure how the award is given out. Mm-hmm. And now this year... You don't hear nothing about their relationship. Like it's, it's nothing. No, it's just business. Bulls has got to play better too, man. I mean, we could talk about Steve Kerr all we want, but a lot of it's gonna be on Clay Thompson missing fucking everything. Jordan Poole. Like, I understand you got it. Like Kaminga should have got some look there, especially when you're down three one in the series. Like, do something to get some energy in here. But if Jordan Poole is playing to the level we know Jordan Poole can play at, same thing with Clay Thompson. I understand they made the second round, but winning cures everything, right? So if they're able to get past the Lakers. 
there always seemed to be some animosity there. I mean, you get punched in the face, you get paid all this money, you feel like the, you know, the locker room is split some ways because I'm sure there's some guys that were boys with Draymond hanging out with Draymond after games in between practices and shit. And then you had your boys who were hanging out with you. So I don't want to just chalk it up to a lost season for Poole because I think he's better than that to just be like, we could throw this season away. But I also think if you want to be fair and play devil's advocate, you could look at a hundred different things that went wrong with the Warriors this year and be like, well, maybe that's a reason why Jordan Poole didn't play to what we expected. Well, now that I have it all in front of me, Clay wasn't good last year in the playoffs. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't, he wasn't efficient. Wasn't. Oh, my God. Well, what was his efficiency? Well, against the Grizzlies. He had a good series against them or no? He, uh, he averaged 19 points on 40% from the field, 36% from the three-point line, 71% from the free-throw line. 36, the 40% it's, is because mostly his shots yeah, are three-point attempts. The 70% is pretty gross. Um, yes. No, actually, not really. It's like half. It's 17 okay. field goal attempts, eight from the three-point line. So a lot. Yeah. Uh, against, uh, yeah, he wasn't. Against Dallas, he had a 15-point game, 15-point game, 19-point game, 12-point game, and then 32. What was the efficiency? That was 41% from the field. And three? 37%. Okay, that's not, that's yeah, actually good. This isn't bad. You guys are nuts. Okay, Celtics, actually, he did not play well against you the, guys. I'm almost a positive. Uh, Clay is supposed to be like a 42% three-point shooter, though. No, th- and At I agree with his, his efficiency for three for his standards were subpar. For the but 37. Second, no, top five greatest shooter ever. I'm, I'm not, not living with 37. No. I need 40. What? Top five greatest shooter ever. All right, need, fine. 37 is still that's above very average. Very good. That's, that's above, above average. average. Okay, I, okay. For very the good. Greatest shooter. That's above average. Come on. 37. Who? I would never if turn Steph it down. Steph Curry's shooting 37% from three, you're throwing a fit? It's, I'm throwing 100% okay. of fit. We're talking about the greatest of all time. You're talking about the greatest of all time, and Clay's like fifth on that <laughs> list. I mean, against. I'm expecting you to shoot 40% from three if you're. Okay. Three percent away, darn it! Look, he went one for four, one for four, three that, for that ten. That adds up to a lot of shots. I'm not going to yeah. disagree. Say it one more time. And against and Boston, what was the numbers? Three for, I'm just going to name his threes. He went three for seven, one for eight, good, five bad. for thirteen, four Mid. for ten, Mid. five for eleven. Four for ten is good. Go ahead. Five for eleven. Good. Two for eight. Mid. Again, that, and what about the Celtics? Bro, he was going four for nineteen, seven for no. That was Boston. That was the Boston. He was going four for nineteen, seven for seventeen. He's He's supposed to be the number two guy. I'm not even going to talk about Denver. They had Facundo on Composite. Yeah, 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 for sure. He ate. He went crazy. 19, against 21, 26, 32, 15. Uh, he's, they, ignoring, they all he's ignoring the good series. Got well, it. No, they had Composo and Rivers. I know. They, they right. all ate. <laughs> against, against Denver. Like, literally, they yeah, all they ate. Did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, you know, hopefully. Drew, can you fix the light? Oh, yeah, dude. Sorry. I'll see, uh, we'll see what happens. I think this offseason is going to be really interesting to see who now. gets traded. I mean, you got you could have the most roster shakeup a single team out of the whole NBA, damn near. You, can. Toronto, you got half the Golden roster State, under question. Portland. There's a lot of teams that could just shake shit up. Yeah. Like, it's going to be interesting, man. Curry. Now, Team USA has already announced some commitments for their team, for their Olympic team. One of them better than the others. FIBA World Cup in the Philippines, and this is Team USA so far. Tyrese Halliburton, Anthony Edwards, Brandon Ingram, Jaron Jackson Jr., Austin Reeves, Mikel Bridges, Bobby Portis, and Jalen Brunson. Mm. That's some hot names. This is a great yeah. team, I think. I think one guy's the odd guy out, but other than that. Who's the odd guy out? Bobby it's Portis? Austin Reeves, bro. Oh, him too. Fuck. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So you're going to ignore the generational efficiency in the WCF. 100%. That's what you're going to do. I'm going to ignore You're it, losing it's me, Riv. Riv, I used to respect your opinion. You're you lost no, you're me. You're losing. No, 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 bro. You lost yeah, uh, me. Bob, respect the Bobby Portis, nah, Austin Reeves. Good players. It's not what we said. That's not what we said. No, we don't. You're not going to get all the fucking superstars. That's not who we this. send out there. The last team, Austin the Reese last is team in the top USA, seventy-five player in the NBA. 
We can send out 40 guys better than Austin Reeves. <laughs> bro, Austin Reeves fringe top 50. We can still send out 40 guys better than Austin Reeves, bro. Maybe 50. Don't make me keep going. Matter of fact, let me look at the Canadian team. They so might be better than that team. Our last team, USA, finished seventh place. We were oh. horrible last time. Yeah, that's why we needed Austin. And this was the team last, last time we went the to their, the Olympics. Derek White, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Harris, Marcus Smart, Harrison Barnes, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum. So they've shown they can't win on the Olympic level either. Oh, Mason Plumley, <laughs> Miles Turner, Brooke Lopez, they have Chris a gold Middleton, medal. What are you talking about? And Kemba Walker. No, that was, that like team a real was dummy, huh? They have a gold medal. That team was OD. And Jason Tatum was OD. He was. He was great. I'm telling you, Canada up next, man. Um, Jamal so, Some great names. Ant-Man, that's lit. Jaron Jackson, solid I'm man. loving the Tyrese I, and Ant-Man backcourt. Yeah, that's back. what's up. You think Tyrese starts? And, and Austin Reeves. Over Brunson? And Brunson. Ooh. I think Tyrese starts Tyrese over starts. Brunson. Yeah. You they think? have no bigs. I they, wouldn't be, but I wouldn't be lacking in the bigs yeah. department. They are. They yeah. need some big it's men for Jaren sure. They got Jaron and I think Bobby Portis. Yeah, that's really it, though. Hey man, listen, Canada. If Wiggins, Jaron's playing forty minutes. If Wiggins, day. Jamal, SGA play. Let me ask you a question. Oh, Bi's playing. You'll be shocked if Austin Reeves leads the team in three point percentage. He'll be wide open. So no. <laughs> Not at all. Is this where you're pushing now? Austin Reeves, he's good, but he just no, wide every open time now. he pushes the 72 shooting shit. I'm just yeah. gonna say he's wide he open. Has, so he you're mad that lie. he was generational. He no. was not open that much. He was open. No, he was open a lot. No, we look no shots. No, we shots. But we laugh in Miami. He was open. But Reeves was Reeves. He wasn't shooting off the dribble. He wasn't shooting off the dribble. He had some good ones, but stop acting like that man wasn't really wide open. He's like that. LeBron gravity. I get it. Respectable. He would be great in Miami. Now he was OD game one against the the Nuggets. Those were not wide open shots. No, no, he he has his moments. It just do not do not forget that LeBron was laying on the floor. He was all disheveled and shit. Austin was like, "Don't worry, I got it." Just pulls up. Yeah, we did. Oh, okay, we did. The Grizzlies game you won, where he took over in the fourth. And he said, "I'm him," and then he struggled, and he came through adversity and was was all world. So Canada might have SGA, Jamal Murray, RJ Barrett, Kelly Olynyk, Dwight Powell, Alexander Walker, Lou Dort, Dylan Brooks. You're losing me. Benedict Mathurin. Okay. I'll be honest. SGA yeah. could bring him to the world. <laughs> <laughs> and them and Jamal, they got some stoppers. They got Lou Dortz and, come on, Dort, Dortz Chambers. Dortz Chambers. Yeah, yeah. respect him. Dortz Chamber. Yeah, that's, hey, listen, he lost. roster. Uh, who else got a good-ass team? I'm trying to think. Australia, what's their team? When like? I was the year. Oh, Steve Kerr's coaching this time around. I'm done. When Tatum won it, <laughs> I, when Tatum won, it wasn't with um, Jalen Brown. It was it was a KD Olympic team. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that team was like, OD. Yeah, that, that team, team was, was stacked. OD. It was Dame. It was that's Tatum, what, KD. That's Tatum was damn near the best player. On that's Tatum what, was? Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like when we throw out the guns, bro, nobody. Oh, Draymond yeah. was on it. What? Bam Adebayo. Was he, oh. yeah, what was that? Devin Booker, Drew Holiday, Zach Levine, Chris Middleton team. was on it. Don Makers from Australia. Yes. Yeah, Chris Middleton, Drew, Drew Holiday, Keldon Johnson. Keldon Johnson, JaVale McGee. Yeah. Keldon Johnson was like the odd man out that year. And JaVale. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Desmond Bain and Caruso might be added. We're done, bro. Turn me <laughs> up. <laughs> Yo, bro. This team was made for me. Yeah, because yeah, this shit is nuts. Caruso and Austin Reeves. Uh, can't wait till Caruso's back in Laker gold. Bro, that's oh Caruso getting a gold medal is crazy. This bro. is just the qualifier, yeah, it's FIBA. though, right? Yeah, yeah. It's FIBA. It's not the Olympics. You still get a gold medal. You still, I think you get a medal for FIBA. Know, probably. I think D Rose has a medal. He played FIBA. D Rose played Olympic too. Yeah, you, you nah, joked on that being in seventh. You just need to be in the top seven. He didn't play in that 2008 huh? team. You just need to be in the top seven to qualify. We he got didn't the play in that done. 2012 team. <laughs> no way. <laughs> he was hurt. Remember? <laughs> they were seven. Hey, you get it? How you get it? The Heat are they? You see? He got a gold in FIBA World Cup 2010 in Turkey and 2014 in Spain. 
Okay. Shout out to my boy. Is that twenty twelve? Is the Darren Williams? Yeah, he was. He would have. He was supposed Kidd. to start on that team. Yeah, but he got. He tore his ACL. Team Canada is looking really good though. I, literally, like, no, bro. No, did you? Did I don't think I didn't hear. I didn't he hear. Just that. Broke, he broke down the whole team. I know. I'm. I'm just reassuring oh, what you said. Yeah. You coming yeah, to the I'm reinforcing party? what you said. Oh, you just wrote. No, RJ, I'm here for it, bro. Come no, on. Jamal. Jamal's up there. I mean, SGA Jamal. I mean, you know my guy RJ Barris on there. Such a guy. Come on, bro. Am I not the SGA guy now? You're not the SGA, bro. I said he was first team All NBA this year. Doesn't matter. You got to get some hard. You got to get some hard work in. I'm going to be honest. Right, I was enough. playing 2K yesterday, and I was trying to see if I could trade Julius Randle off the Knicks. You can't. I think we got to run it back with him. I got 2K for $6 today. It's dog shit. Uh, you you wasted your, your money. $6. That's $6. So what are you telling me? I have 2K now? Facts. I have to. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys yeah, got a game share? Yeah, yeah. You know, you could have bought a sandwich. You would have been better than that 2K. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, that ass serious. It's like, ah, $6. <laughs> I knew even chickens would have been 100% better than that 2K. I knew there would be one day I'd be like, you know what? Let me just run it up with the Celtics real quick. You're going to get it? I'm going to go play the Heat and win 200 <laughs> You're going to be very <laughs> surprised when you realize that Jason Tatum is dog shit in that game. His form uh, is beautiful in 2K. Yeah, though. he's got a nice very beautiful in 2K. Yeah. I cannot use Jason Tatum. I can't use Devin Booker. Mm. Wow. There's oh, so you're just players. bad. Yeah. No, they're just not athletic. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's trying to dunk they're shit. They're not athletic. In 2K, oh, yeah. they're just not John like, superb athletes. John Moran is OD in 2K. Yeah, right? but. You get to one move to when the When you rim? play 2K, it's very imperative that you're using players that can actually blow by other players. Okay. That's why Kawhi is not that great in 2K either because he's very Curry's a cheat code, though. Curry's a cheat code. Just because of shooting. Yeah. Shoot from like I'm, I'm, with the Knicks, I'm playing with the Knicks, and I'm trying to score with Jalen Brunson. It's hard. You sure that's the game or that's skill it be, issue? It, it could be both. If, if somebody, wrong team. Uh, maybe I got to just look at a highlight tape of somebody just going for 30 with Brunson online. Just straight middies. But with Jalen Brunson, it's hard because, you know, he's undersized. So the only way to really score, you can't go to the basket because you get blocked. Um, three point shots and mid range shots, like you have to kind of be moving. It has to be like moving shots for him to Sounds really like your go dog off. Shit, bro. <laughs> well, let's run it up tonight. <laughs> I don't play that shit. You don't want to play me. I play um MLB, bro. I'm locked in in WWE. Bro, tell me how I just packed Mickey Mantle and uh, Willie Mays. Did? I'm him. I'm not gonna OD. Yeah, Mickey Mantle sells for almost 400k. I'm the pan- I'm the Padres right now. Oh, you're doing the road to the show? Yeah. Not road to the show. March to October. Damn, uh, March October. That's March what it October, is. Yeah. March to October. I'm, I'm with the Mets right now in LCS. Real? We're playing, we're, we were playing the Padres. I'm going to play game one when I get home. I'm playing the Braves. You can tell that it's a video game. Yeah, that, that would never happen. <laughs> um, but I'm playing the Braves right now. I won't lie. Uh, Acuna has like seven uh, home runs on me. Yeah, Acuna. It's game four. Acuna he spent like three amazing. four in real life. No, it's so. like blowing mine. Like, I don't, I, 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 at this point, I'm walking. Last I'm thing we'll <laughs> talk about baseball. Luis Arias. Remember when I told you to invest on him in, in Mojo? Fact. Yeah, he's batting three ninety nine. He's on some shit I've never seen. Three ninety nine, Luis Arias. What's that new guy that just says a phenom? L L L I. Oh, the Reds player, Dela Cruz. He just got called up. He's tough. He's supposed to be OD number four prospect in baseball. I don't even think we've made like a formal announcement that Mojo now has MLB. We did make that formal announcement. MLB, we did. Yeah, because that's when you invested in Jazz Chisholm. You invested in Luis Arias. You're welcome. Dog did you do? I thought you no, did Alvarez. I don't. I don't think we ever like mentioned it on the pod. We, we did. I we might. did. We did. Did we? We did. Well, you guys keep talking again. <laughs> remember what we said. Trust Andrew's memory from here on out. Thank you. I don't think I've invested. Didn't you? You invest in Alvarez. I invest though. In Alvarez. And Alvarez. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I invest in both of them. They're they're good. Alvarez they definitely move around making all star game. So how do you spell his name? A R A R R E A Z. Yeah, Luis Arias. Yeah, now he's been unbelievable. Three ninety nine. That's that a, is something out of a I video game what, when you're playing on rookie. Like the last like twenty years, who the fuck is bad for? When's the last time someone bad four hundred? I think Albert. 
I think Pujols was Pujols? close. I'm I I could be wrong. Um, Ichiro was very high. Um, I don't know if Bonds' average was ever 400. I know, like, Ty Cobb, that yeah. piece of garbage. No has, one's batted 400 since, Jesus Christ, 1941, Ted Williams. Yeah, Ted Williams. Okay, so Luis Arias <laughs> in the last week is up 2.46%. Rightfully so. In all time, they have Luis Arias here. If the season ends today, he would have finished with the 14th highest batting average in MLB history. Yeah. That is, and he's in sandwiched in between. In the last month, oh, he's down best. 3%. <laughs> and that's, the Mojo needs to turn up. And he is sandwiched in between 1922, 1939, <laughs> uh, 1927, 1929, and 1921, yeah. 1912. Like, when pitchers would pitch in three days in a row. They would nine pitch innings. all nine <laughs> innings so they could see this pitcher every single day and they could square him up. So now, news, what's up with Jacob DeGrom. Facts, bro. He's, so let's like, you guys player, right? talk about that for like a minute or two. Dallas, how are you feeling that the Mets didn't re-sign Jacob DeGrom now? When it first happened, I was destroyed. I mean, I'm still sad because DeGrom, he's a Met legend. He's one of the best pitchers I've ever seen in my lifetime. And Drew and I were talking about on the way here. We're just hopeful that this has been his issue because he's had lingering arm issues, elbow issues for years and years and years. He's always been so dominant, but injuries always keep creeping up and cutting his season short. So we're hoping Tommy John, which is, I mean, it's the worst surgery you could get, but we've also seen countless pitchers come back and be even better. So we're hoping that this could be the surgery that fixes all those issues. He could come back and be the pitcher we know he can be. In the last month on Mojo, sorry to interrupt you, Drew. Okay, man. On the last month on Mojo, Jacob DeGrom is down 9%. It's probably today's new. What was today? Today, he was down 5% alone. Uh, it's understandable. From today's news. And, and like Joel just mentioned, we've seen players like Strasburg who now actually has permanent nerve damage. That's not the best example, but he came back from Tommy John and was able to be one of the main catalysts for the Nationals to win a championship. We saw Justin Verlander last year come off Tommy John at the age of 39, 40, win the Cy Young, and his team win that championship as well. We've seen pitchers come back from Tommy John and get better. They, they Sometimes they like to say that this is like a new life for a pitcher. You're getting a brand new arm with Tommy John. The recovery process sucks, but if you're the Texas Rangers, you understand that you're in a very good position with your team. Right now, you're number one in your division. But then also, what you can look at is, this was year one in a contract. Get it over with now. Let him recover for this full year, and we get him back next year, God willing. So you think right now is the time to buy the dip? Would you invest him into him long term? Yes, for sure. Understanding that when Jacob Degrom's on the mound, he is a top three pitcher at worst. Yeah, I'm in. I'm definitely in. Last year, was last season? Yeah, last season he got hurt in like the middle of July, first week of July. He was doing some shit I have never seen. His ERA was like under one. He was getting like two strikeouts per inning. It was really like the best pitching performance I'd ever seen from anybody in my life. Yeah, he's OD. He's absolutely amazing. Is Edwin Diaz out for the season? He is, man. There's hopes and there's rumors and talks that if everything goes right, he might be able to be back this season. Yeah, if the Mets were playing better, maybe I'd feel a little bit. We'd have to make the playoffs <laughs> for him to be back, for sure. He's not coming they're back. Bad in right like, now? Uh, we're, we're like 500, teetering around 500. What happened to Max Scherzer, man? Uh, Scherzer's been fine. Verlander's been kind of mid. Has uh -huh. he? Yeah. Uh-huh. Sure, uh -huh. just turned around the last couple of games. Verlander's been kind of mid. I'm shocked to hear that. I feel like every time I turn that on was the bully. TV, no, you, I mean, no, we didn't. But. he but he was hurt to start off the year. Um, We're coming. I want to say his ERA is like four Are six you? right now. I don't know. Let me see. I think we lost yesterday. The Yankees just took two or three from the Dodgers. Who said the Dodgers? Should turn me his on. His ERA is a four two. Yeah, the Dodgers. We just, yeah, the we just lost to the Blue Jays. One to three. Oh, ouch. oh no! Actually, I lied. We're in the bottom of six. 
Okay, last yesterday you guys smoked them. You smoked them so bad that you actually sent their pitcher down to the minors, and he was an eleven to four. Just wait till it get hot. And we're just coming off. Of what was, you just show me his game luck. Uh, he has a four three year. Right? I told. We're just coming off the Angels. We were three and one in that series. <laughs> this, this hasn't been great. Uh, nice. We're better than you. No, you're not. No, we are. Be clear. You can't say that. We just got swept by them yesterday, last year. You have thirty six wins. We also have thirty six wins. We have less losses. We're better than you guys again. Screw you. This happens every year. Uh, you know, I think the Mets need to start off slow because we always start off hot and then cool down later in the year. This year, opposite. We're starting off cold and we're getting hot at the, the end of the year. Same record as the, the Angels. Yeah, we're, we're 500. We're 30 and 30. The Marlins are a game and a half above us. Marlins. Jazz. Mm. Marlins low-key been nice. <laughs> Bro, they're second in the division. Yeah. Which quarterback not named Patrick Mahomes <coughs> is most likely to win MVP next season? We're going to go roundtable, give our picks for MVP. Dells. Who are you going with? 2023 season, MVP, you're can't seeing, go Mahomes. You see, the people don't know this, but we started the show late today because yeah. he was getting real disrespectful. Mm. He oh, was yeah? getting real disrespectful about one of my guys. One Who's of my guy? guys I told you about. <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Oh, I thought it was Trey Lance. Now listen, now listen. Last year, last year, I understand, you know, we had this little back and forth about Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, who was really the MVP. In the last couple games when Hurts goes down to injury, Mahomes was able to steal it. But this was Hurts MVP <laughs> to win. And this year, he gets his get back. And listen, Joel, I already know you were foaming at the mouth waiting for him to fail. That's why after those first two postseason games when he struggled or, you know, the team was winning but he wasn't doing anything, Joel is up here riding his high horse. Oh, the team, it's a stacked roster, this and that. Then the Super Bowl came around. He had one of the best performances we have seen in a loss in Super Bowl history. I mean, 370 total yards. Four total touchdowns. Was it, was it better than that? Completion uh, percentage. Tom Brady he off? put up better numbers than Mahomes across the board. He's going to ride this it. momentum well. into next season and keep it going. Jalen Hurts, 2023, 2024, no, MVP. That just means we win. That just means we win. Listen, Dallas, I think that's, a, that's a oh. good pick. Suck that's what? a good pick. <laughs> and I, I, can't, I can't knock it because in oh, the Super Bowl, no, Jalen Hurts, that was the only game in the playoffs where he actually had to be extraordinary, and he was extraordinary. <laughs> that's what he does. But listen, that's He's your extraordinary guy. Man. That's your guy. <laughs> Trey Lance was your guy as well. Yo, he, he keeps throwing that straight. Yeah, Brock Purdy's better. At least Zach Wilson was your guy. At least Zach Wilson, he was my guy. I got to see him be Trey Lance dog has shit. three starts. When it comes to Trey Lance, <laughs> what are we doing? Your, your quarterback is getting taken over by the last pick in the draft. He's got That's three, embarrassing. He's got three starts. Well, That's embarrassing. Zach Wilson also respects him. Under Kyle Shanahan's comfortably. system. Yes. No, comfortably. No, no, no. Bring you, Zach put, you put Zach, Zach Wilson, Wilson in Kyle Shanahan's system, you know what's going down. Listen, Dallas, I think that's a good pick. But unfortunately, you're going to be wrong again. Because he didn't win MVP <laughs> last year. And not only did he not win MVP, he could have got his get back. But you know who? That man, that bad man. Mahomes won MVP, a Super Bowl, and Super Bowl MVP. If they, if they had a, a championship game MVP like they do for the Western Conference and East Conference Finals, Mahomes would have won that too. He would have won every single MVP there is to win last year. So you better respect Mahomes. There's a lot of disrespect coming from you. My MVP, I just got to mention some guys first, man. Because I feel so hurt not mentioning my guy, man. Six honorable mentions. Joe Burrow, pass, best passer rating over the last two seasons. He's second in MVP odds currently. He had the best passer rating last year? 
over the last two seasons, he has the best passer rating. Oh, he had he just combined two seasons. If you would have just said last season, that wouldn't have been true. Why? Because the guy who didn't play a full season is supposed to get the number one spot? I don't think so. You got to play the full season to get that honorary mention. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, continue. The player I'm going with, I looked at him. He's not even top five in odds within these quarterbacks, man. He has the same odds as Justin Fields. Respect to Justin Fields, but he's not going to be MVP. I'm going with Trevor Lawrence. He's going to be my MVP this year. Over his last nine games, 15 touchdowns, two interceptions, 69% completion percentage, 104 passer rating, fourth in EPA per play, and second in success rate, only behind Patrick Mahomes. That's the entire second half of the season. You saw what Lawrence did in the playoffs. I'm going to forget the first half of the Chargers game. You saw what he did in the second half. Four touchdowns. It was historical. A historical first, a historical one-half performance by him. The addition of Calvin Ridley is going to open up this offense so much. And what better player to bet my money on, to, bet my, to put my stock in, than a player who is being coached up by a coach who made Carson Wentz a damn near MVP. Like, he, he was about to be MVP in 2017. I think Doug Peterson is going to do the same thing for Trevor Lawrence. You're adding an offensive weapon. This is his second year in the system. The Jaguars check their schedule. It's easy peasy. It's a light schedule. And they're, he's going to win MVP this year. I got Trevor Lawrence winning. Though. It could be the one seed. Oh, that division is dog shit. Yeah. That's like six wins. <laughs> could you imagine the year where... Just, just think back to a couple years ago when players like Dag Prescott, Tua, Justin Fields were being considered favorites over a player like Deshaun Watson. Can you imagine that when Deshaun's at his best? We're talking about NFL MVP odds. My pick is Deshaun Watson. I think with the offense that he has, Nick Chubb and Joku has emerged. DPJ, they just picked up Elijah Moore. They still have this steady, reliable consistent Amari Cooper. You still have Nick Chubb. The defense is elite. And Trevor Lawrence may have the easy schedule, but what's going to favor Deshaun Watson is when he outplays pretty much every quarterback in his division. Respect to Lamar. Respect to Joe Burrow. When he outplays every quarterback that he beats, they have no a respect great to record. Kenny Pickett? No. <laughs> this is levels. Come on, let's be serious. My, my MVP is, and this is plus 3,000 odds, so this is a steal. But if Deshaun Watson is back to the form I think he's going to be at, which before he missed some time with, we're not going to speak on that situation. He was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. His ability to do it with his legs and with his arms was unprecedented. Now he's back. He, he got the reps. And you saw him in practice the other day. He was throwing bombs. I know you see the vid downs. You saw the highlights. You saw the vid downs. It looks real beautiful. It's not like you weren't gushing over some Rodgers highlights. Going to like Fire. But uh, my pick for MVP, I think, is going to be Deshaun Watson. I think I'm going to pick him. Plus 3,000 odds. His team is stacked. It really is up to him. If he's back to form, the Cleveland Browns can be a dangerous team in the AFC. So my pick is definitely Deshaun Watson. If you had any doubt who my most valuable player was going to be, just refer back to earlier in the show when I told you. We're going to talk about this a little later. It's Mr. Tua Tungavailoa. I thought you would pick a good player. Oh, it's funny you say that because last year I told you guys that he was going to play great, and he did, and he exceeded all your expectations. Please tell me. You so, t- I wasn't here. Oh, no, you're done. You're done. You're done. Uh, told me he wasn't a starting-level quarterback. Told me that he wasn't good. I did not tell you that. I'm talking about the table, River Brown. I don't know if I want to dap you anymore because you're supposed to be part of Finn Fam. I like Waddle and shit. Uh, congrats. It means nothing to me. Um 3,500 yards last year, 28 touchdowns to eight interceptions. Yeah, you mentioned it. Missed some time. Imagine what the stats would look like if he didn't miss those four games. Um, 
you want to talk about a guy who led the league in passer rating. Number two in EPA, Joel's favorite stat that there is in the game, of course. So to be number two to Patrick Mahomes, the guy who allegedly will be the MVP again. Um, favorite, he is the favorite. Correct, correct. Um, but I'm going to go with Tua because I look at the way that he has put the work in this offseason. You see it, the results in his body. Okay. He's coming in more bulky, ready for for this upcoming season, understanding that's a grueling season. He needs to put a little bit more weight on. That's exactly what he did. Um, Tyreek Hill, of course, Jalen Waddle. Uh, Devon Shane. We're talking about one of the fastest offenses in the game. Uh, we're seeing that this offensive line, pretty similar to last year. Connor Williams is right now sitting out due to a contract issue, even though he just signed his contract last year. Kind of lost me with that one. Um, but overall, I just believe in the progression of Tua Tungavailoa. Mm. We saw it. this past season was a preview, just a little trailer to the full-fledged Oscar performance that we're about to see <laughs> in 2023, 2024. It's about to be magical. Have you seen uh, in practice they have a camera on his helmet so that, so that um, Mike can see his yep. eyes? That's that's very tough. Very. Never seen that Bra- No, Brady used to do it, bro. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't seen that. Mike McDaniel's trying to make it as easy as it is for Tua, so, you know, he has a lot of control within that system. You say that because, you know, it's crazy. It's funny. Uh, you know, the, the big issue was that, hey, Tua can't throw the ball long. Yeah, that's a concern, man. You have Tyreek. You have Waddle. You, how how can he be your quarterback when you have these receivers and they can't push the ball down the field? Okay, X that narrative. Uh, dude can't play in cold weather games. X that narrative. Uh, uh, this guy can't be a starting level quarterback. X that narrative. What cold weather game was he good Buffalo. in? Buffalo, Buffalo Bills. He wasn't good in that game. Yes, he, was. he had a negative well, EPA, bro. Just go look at it. It's not even. We're talking about <laughs> the two. The two biggest plays of the game are plays that Waddle made. Derek Carr is plus four hundred, forty five hundred. Mm. I was gonna ask who is your under the radar if you guys didn't pick someone. We all picked someone. I guess two prize the longest odds a plus fourteen hundred. No. It's Deshaun. Oh, Deshaun was 3,000? 3, yeah, that's nuts. Um, who's an under the Long radar? Long shot. Hmm. All right, this is insane if I, I do I think it has to believe. be Derek Carr. It's Daniel Jones. No, no, no. Russell Wilson plus 3,500. There it is, brother. Uh, Lowell Smart Jordan Love there plus 3,500. Uh, I, I would know. love I would a skill position player to win it. That's why I feel like long shot. My first immediate thought would be Jettis. He's the only one on Another Jettis. one. 10,000. This is insane for the fact that he is a rookie, but I believe... John Robinson, man, mm. with the way that he's about to MVP. basically control the offense. Running backs, the last skill position player to win the MVP was a running back. It also happened to be one of the greatest AP. seasons that we've ever seen in our and lifetimes. In Adrian OG. Peterson. Exactly. And with this division, yep. it's not crazy to think that Atlanta could win the division if he's the best player, if he puts up historic numbers. Yeah. But Bells, of course, I'm going to shoot you a flyer. Okay. Rock Purdy's at plus 7,500. I swear Live. to God. I swear to God. <laughs> yes. that If I'm going for a long shot, it'd be Brock Purdy. Because that's going to be a team that's going to have the first or second best record in the NFC. 11 wins, He's going to put up the numbers. Ooh, Russell Wilson, man. Don't, don't sleep. No, you don't listen. Don't sleep. Trey Lance cool. And I will never disrespect that. You know what I'm saying? But Brock Purdy, man, he's... He's him. He's, he's going to start. He starts and he Whether throws like, like 30 TDs. and like. Who would you rather like, invest in? Jordan Love or Brock Purdy? No, it'd still be Jordan Love. You'd rather invest in Jordan Love than Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. Higher ceiling. More money. Higher ceiling. Isn't Jordan Love like $14? He is, and Brock Purdy Purdy's is nine. Sure, yeah, sure. Nine? I just think, I don't know. I, I think, think I'd invest in Purdy. I like the situation more. Shanahan I think Purdy's always going to have his peak, though, or like a a cap on his ceiling. I think Love's ceiling is really high. So if he does, I would probably gamble. Gambling. I'm shocked to hear that, but yeah. okay. No, I love Purdy. I, I think Purdy's amazing, but I also understand he has to So ceiling. you think Jordan Love can be amazing? 
I do think Jordan Love can be made. I just don't think he will be. You don't think he can? So why are you going to invest him if you don't Because I'm, I'm a gambler, so I got to gamble on the chance. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, I don't know yet. Verdict's not out. But Purdy, you I see mean, it. Look, you're big. I need to see a guy. That's me with Jordan Love. I need to see it. You know, Dells, last year when Tua had his worst stretch why of the season. Kyler Murray up here? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Come back midseason, change Weeks the Weeks 11 through 18, because, you know, Tua had a cupcake schedule early on, and that's a big reason why the EPA and efficient numbers were amazing. They were inflated by games versus the Lions and et cetera. Mm. Like and that. Baltimore. You know, bad teams. Don't forget Baltimore. Like Houston as well. He he, he had a lot of ton- dropped interceptions versus Houston. Mm-hmm. Weeks 11. It was actually the Steelers that. Weeks yeah. 11 through 18 versus Texas too. Um, Weeks 11 through 18, Tua was 28th in EPA per play. Mm. Wasn't very good. No. And it's because he was facing tougher defenses. Well, Dells, do you want to know who has the third toughest schedule in the NFL this year? Who is it? The Miami Dolphins. Oh, good. I want now, that. So when we're talking about the Dolphins and the schedule they're going to play against, oh, man. You know, I hope that the worst player that you've named at this table actually has a chance to even be considered within the top five of the discussion. Remember when we had this exact same happen. conversation last year and you laughed at me? I remember when you remember? brought out your notebook prematurely week two and then you didn't was talk about two after that. Week, not true. Week, week, week plus. What do you mean? He was, he was after the Baltimore game. He was great for oh, yeah. 10 weeks. And nothing happened. And then he got how hurt. Did, how did the season Terribly. finish? He was horrible. He got hurt. He in, got a, in the concussions. In the, in the latter, in December, he was horrible. He was playing through concussions. Before Green Bay, he had two straight stingers. Again, he had a concussion before that. That was his third. He didn't have, but that, but I'm talking about the stretch when he played. I gotcha. San Francisco and I the Chargers, gotcha. he was not hurt. I, he, he was. He was just dog shit. He was coming <laughs> off his second concussion. No, he wasn't. Yes, he suffered. He, was. his, he suffered. His, his, his second first concussion was, was against the Bengals. Yes, that was on Thursday Night Football. Correct. He came back against the Steelers. Correct. And he was not good he against the Steelers. Yes, but that. I'm. What I'm saying is that his second concussion was weeks before the San Fran and Chargers games. He wasn't injured I, no more. He, you still feel the remnants, especially when it's your second of the season. And then he got a third and shut it down. So we're using that, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that that's the yeah. that's the excuse for oh, not shit. being good. <laughs> I, I think it's definitely both. I think you can look at concussions. That's going to have an impact on it. But you're. It's also. I don't think a coincidence that he played a relatively easy schedule. He played tougher the first teams and months, started to be. And then ass. he played some real defenses, and he struggled mightily in some Isn't of those it crazy games. Crazy how you know we look at every sport and uh, coaching matters, right? Coaching matters. Uh, against a Charger whose defense is not good at all, they schemed an excellent game against McDaniel's McDaniel, excuse me, his offensive that. scheme, and he got absolutely locked. Yep, that wasn't on Tua. They First simply the had no answer. They did. The Those answer was to throw to the boundaries, and Tua wasn't. They weren't that throw. Nothing was working because the guys could not get off the line. They were playing press, and it was too much. Versus the Chargers, they were open. The the, the adjustment was. They started sending receivers out to the boundary, and just Tua does not throw outside the and numbers. And the offensive line really was poor, too. But, again, he was doing with that with the match of three concussions. Kirk Cousins is plus 5,000. Yeah, they're stealing your, so. Money. So, stealing your money. So, hold up, hold up. Let me, let me ask you, just unbiasedly. So, okay. we're going to blame that? So <laughs> blame unbiasedly. That. That <laughs> unbiasedly, Riff. Dells. Yes. The concussion versus Cincinnati happened in week four. Okay. He faced San Fran week 13. I'm blaming week four on week 13, him playing bad. So that means versus Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland, Houston, the four games, he was amazing. 
I, what, like what? I'm with you. Listen, you you told me you told me week 13, right? Against San Fran, he had a bad game against San Fran. And sure. week 14 as well against the Chargers. I'm more so blaming coaching for that one. On top of two of bad performance as well, no doubt. Both can coexist. After that, the Bills game, he performed well, and then he had another concussion. If you want, if you because he tell started me, that game against the Packers, fantastic. If you want to tell me versus Green Bay, then that game, that's why he played bad. I'm not going to give you no pushback, you. even though I disagree with that statement too. Even but though I'm he not, had a concussion, but I. He was making mistakes throughout the game that led to not before a trend. the concussion. There were mistakes down the down, down the, the game. concussion. Yes, there were. Yes, no, there, there were not. Yes, there were. After was, the concussion, yes, there were. that's when his mistakes. But really whatever, came out. I'll give it to you. I'm not going to blame a week four injury on why he played bad for the San Fran Chargers and versus the Bills. He was not very good. He was. He had like how many he rushing yards? He wasn't what he was earlier in the season. No, he was not. But that again, good. the Bills he was in Buffalo, uh, on the road, in the cold, in the snow. He was painfully average. He was in that game. The, the the big the two biggest completions of the game, the Waddle big time. He throw left to the, the right field side. winning. He left the field he winning the ball, and then it was a it was a crossing route where Waddle was wide open. He got to into the house. He left the field with the lead. His defense could not hold. And versus the San Francisco Forty Nineers and the Chargers, okay, he no, he was bad. No he was bad. He was horrible. Uh, we'll see this. Who do you have their schedule up the first couple weeks? I do. You want to are do we their do, schedule? Are doing their schedule? I mean, we could. We could. I'm happy to. Let's do it. I don't see why not. I am happy to. You know I'll, me. I'll I never keep, run uh, from shit. Count. Okay. Miami Dolphins 2023 schedule prediction. The Tua will be MVP. And Drew. Of course. Is going to predict their schedule. So. My brother. Tua right here. I mean, Drew right here will predict the Dolphins schedule. Oh, he has doing. Tua winning MVP. So I'm expecting 13 games. I expect 13 games. Let's go through it. At the Chargers. At the Chargers, that's a win. At the Patriots. That's a loss. Even though he doesn't lose to them. What am I he saying? Doesn't, yeah. He doesn't lose to them. That's a dub. Versus the Broncos. At the Chargers, tough game, though. Uh, say that one more time. I mean, last time he was at the Chargers, Struggle. he got embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he had one of the worst first halves I've seen in quarterback history. That's actually, in my opinion, his second worst game. His second worst game. I think the worst game I look at would probably be that probably that Bills game his week rookie 17. season. Yeah. And that too. Yeah, week 17, um, last game against Tennessee. It's almost like it when the pressure's at his highest, he just plays horrible. But he played well against the Bills. Okay, so. we're doing the schedule. Here we go. So at Chargers, to have that as a win. Ah, damn, that's tough. At Char- that's really not a, a home field. I'm going to stay keep the W, yeah. Got to win against the Patriots versus the Broncos. Pulling out hard gave, strings. No, I gave him a dub. I gave him a dub when I did mine also. So, yeah, this is a win. At the Bills. That's a loss. Versus the Giants. Damn, they, they play my guys. <laughs> you thinking about that? Um, yeah, they should win this one. Four and one. Versus the Panthers. That's a win. Five. At the Eagles. That's a loss. Five and two. Versus the Patriots. That's a win. Six and two. At the Chiefs. That's a loss. Six and three. Versus the Raiders. That's a win. At the Jets. At the Jets. Hmm, maybe you guys will actually get one. We won last year. Uh, with Tua playing. Oh, is he going to be playing this game? Who knows? Don't do that. Don't with do that, you prick. Uh, I'm going to go at the Jets. This is a loss. Versus the Commanders. Well, at the Commanders. Sneaky good defense. And by sneaky, there's nothing sneaky about it. They're like that. Uh, I'm going to go win, though. Versus the Titans. Should be a win. Nine. Versus the Jets. This is a win here. It's split. Ten. Versus the Cowboys. Mm. I'll go loss here. At the Ravens. 
back to back at the Ravens. It's in. So I'm sorry. It's at Baltimore. Go back one though. It's in Dallas or it's in. It's in Miami. Miami. I'll go win against the Cowboys. I go loss against Baltimore. Versus the Bills to close out the schedule. That's a win because they're going to split. Eleven wins. Eleven and six. Eleven wins, and you were very generous with a lot of the wins. Like which ones? The Cowboys. There's a chance the Bills sweep them. If it's week 18 versus the Bills and it's a must win for Josh Allen and them. Tua came back from a concussion and still beat them. Okay, hush. And which one? Which other ones? It's just because it's not moving me. That's why I hush. I, it's just not moving me. Uh-huh. That was the week I after think he threw the, six I think touchdowns also. I'm going to go back to the beginning schedule. Having them beat the Chargers in L.A., that's very generous considering what we saw last time. It's not really it's home generous. field advantage. You go either way. And the Chargers got better, too. It's not home field advantage. And we're talking about the Chargers sticks. week one where they're going to be at their healthiest. When they faced the Dolphins, they were unhealthy as hell. And they still smacked and they also you. have the whole well, offseason to, to get Dolphins. ready for that week. So I think Chargers, they can be the, at the healthiest. Again, and that's, the that's a generous one. defense is significantly better than last Sweeping year. Sweeping the Patriots, I think that's a bit generous. That's it can go all, either but way. But that's all they've done. Been doing that. It can that's go either all way. they've done. Chargers is generous. Broncos is generous. But I can see it the Broncos. I appreciate you know, that. It can go either way. I appreciate the generosity, right? Tough schedule. The Cowboys is generous. The Ravens is – you had them losing, but those are four losses that they can have right there. And then, you know, splitting against the Bills and the Jets, that's two That's two more, so that would be six losses. <laughs> so you're just going to give them all the 50-50s the fouls? <laughs> I mean, I all, when, when it comes – will be 5-11. and 11. Yeah. I mean, listen, Dells, when it comes to 50-50 games, the teams that usually win are the teams with the better quarterback, oh and they'll be walking God. into every game with the worst quarterback. <laughs> What are we talking about here? Again, six touchdowns. He's, he's worse Lamar, again. He's, he's not better than Lamar, who's better, but he came who, out and won. Who's better, Lamar or Tua? Uh, again, the answer was Lamar, and we still the Dolphins still won who's that better, game. Who's better, Justin Herbert or Tua? Again, that was the one That was the yeah, one instance the where one. they got it. Mm-hmm. Who's better, Jalen Hurts or Tua? Oh, God. Ken, I gave it to the he Eagles. He did, yeah. He said, we, did you listen about to me? Russell no, Wilson, we're going to punch Russell, him. Russell, Russell Wilson or Tua? Tua. You expect so you don't think Russ was going to bounce back? You do think he's going to bounce back. He is, but again, Tua is my guy. I love Russ. That is also my guy. I, uh, I rather a gun to the head. Who are you gonna be ruined for in these Giants, Dolphins, Broncos, Dolphins games? Though? Broncos, Giants, Dolphins, Dolphins. Okay, I expect that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's my dad's quarterbacks team. win, man. <laughs> and we got Aaron Rodgers, baby. It was a Dolphins prediction. It's gonna be a this. sweep. I hope, but probably not. Let's be honest. Now will. Okay. We got the players. We got the talent. We got the coach. I would agree we have the quarterback. That. That's really the main important. We got thing. the quarterback. We got Aaron, Philippe, Aaron Rodgers. And we got a motivated Aaron Rodgers, by mm. the way. Pissed you know, off Aaron Rodgers. I, I know Drew is over here thinking that, you know, I, I see the look in his eyes. You went from pretty he's much. Probably, um, he's probably thinking, man, I just wonder what the Jets would look like if they have a similar collapse to the Broncos. It's not happening. Have I, have <laughs> I even brought that? The light at all. I can see it in your Pretty eyes. Pretty much the um <laughs> the jump from um Zach to Aaron Rodgers is Bergen Community College to Harvard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a seismic leap. Oh my god. It's enormous that's in the NFL. True. I've not prayed on the Jets' downfall, not even a little bit. Because Joel you did giggle at it though. To what? Their downfall. What do you mean? When they went 0 5, you giggled. Oh, that's different than Aaron Rodgers. Zach Wilson giggled. 100%. Deservedly. No, I'm talking okay. Yeah. When they play bad, it is what it is. I never want them to play <laughs> bad. Either. But I asked the question, could they go on five? I got scolded. I, I got yelled that. at. Yeah. <laughs> Call me an idiot. I think you're you fine. Said I was stupid. You were at the time. I it think, was crazy. I think you're more no, than crazy. you're more oh. than ready or you're more than uh, able, whatever, to get upset 
at the Owen five and the Zach Wilson shit. Yeah. Because both of them, we were, we weren't just come, we weren't like, you know, making a prediction. We were coming at you personally as a man. Yeah. I'm with you. Respectable. All right. Thank you. That is a good point. I don't know why Dale's had Wilson that much confidence with the Jets. We're the Jets. I always expect Well, Mike White got hurt. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> oh, yeah. Huh. I, we we, that's, we that's saw what happened when Zach Wilson came oh, back. Oh, get out of here. That was the end oh, of that. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> Zach already Wilson. already said 43rd in, in, uh, in EPA. EPA. Zach he, Wilson no, gave us shit. a chance versus the Lions. Barely. How about you relax? He was so mad How about you relax? Remember that? Was, was well, that look at this guy. Was that the interception Mike where he went to the right, threw it all the way back to the left, and just was a fucking layup interception? Okay. Listen, our defense was carrying us to the wins anyway. So you were expecting us to go to not go winless. Yeah, versus the Vikings <laughs> and the Bears. It was oh yeah. Don't forget that the worst team, the worst defense in the league, and a defense who had eight starting Did you players. Zach injured. Wilson was pretty mid against the Lions. No, no the defense either. turned up in the second half of the season. Yeah, yeah. Just not the same. When played I the wish Jets. he would have played the Vikings. It would have been a confidence booster to his morale. He would have put up two hundred yards and interception, and no touchdowns. And we would have won the game because he's a winner. And we were five and three before he got caught that ball at the end. Oh yeah, ran his hands. Oh yeah, maybe Zach Wilson would have threw a. A better ball in there. I, I doubt That's it. I actually happened. fucking doubt Zach it. Zach would have threw it too hard. It would have went over his guy. head. He would have put Wilson in the dirt. Though. You relax on Zach Wilson. Though. This guy wants me to relax when all he just did was slander Tua. Said that I'm not going to blame his concussions for him playing poorly. Now that shit was poorly. Oh, you're not. Hilarious, yeah, from week ridiculous. from week four, week four game to week thirteen. What oh, are we and, about? and I agree with you. The San Fran I told you I would give you the Green Bay game, no doubt. Like I'll give you that, but we're did not going to. We're not trying to say ah, the mistakes were there. The mistakes were there. The I mistakes honest, were really after the concussion. I, yeah, but wasn't that interception? Honestly, after the concussion? yes, yeah. all I, three I, of them. I honestly believe had that not happened, he probably would have still thrown his interceptions. I do believe it. <laughs> I mean, I do believe it. That's that. what I believe. With all the respect, you're guessing. I'm not guessing. He didn't even get put out the game at that point, bro. Oh my God, it's not. Well, I mean, if something was really wrong, he probably would have went out the game at that point. So it gives him the best chance to win. If they don't have, yeah, because they have Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater, who when his first game he did start, he got injured yeah. outside of Minnesota when it was against the Jets. What I'm saying is that I'm not going to blame a week four concussion on a week 13 bad performance. That's not what's going to happen. No, he had because the week. he was great before oh, no, agreed. then. Agreed. No, because he was when, once again, Pittsburgh, right. the first game he Just came mid. back, he was not Just good. Mid. If you want to say that's the reason why he was bad, Correct. I won't, I won't give you no pushback right, on good. that. But for you to say that, a week four concussion is the reason why he was bad week 13. Hell no, no I'm not giving I'm you not that. saying that. And I'm yeah. leveling with you. That's all yeah. I'm saying. No, I'm with, and I, I, I That's all I'm saying. No, I ain't saying, saying nothing else. We're saying the same thing. I ain't saying nothing else. We are saying the same thing. We're going to predict another schedule. It's going to be the Giants schedule. And you're going to do the honors to predict that go. schedule as well. I don't miss. But before <laughs> we do that, I mean, what is the addition for Darren Waller going to do to this mm. Giants office? There's a lot of news coming out of OTAs right now that he's been a standout at OTAs currently. And we seen a Darren Waller look like the other day. Yeah. yeah, apparently played in the XFL. So, and with, exactly with that, like, do you bro. think Darren Waller is going to transform this Giants offense around? This is exciting because now we're finally getting a strong weapon in New York for Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has been begging and pleading, hands and knees, please, front office, get me a wide receiver, get me a tight end, any type of weapon at the wide receiver tight end position that I can trust, that I can rely on. You and you got Darren Waller. Uh, 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 upgrade at this point in time, nevertheless, but... You would have liked this a little bit sooner. Darren Wall, these last couple of seasons, not the best. Under 400 yards last year, uh, under 700 yards the year prior. Did have injuries in in, a few, in both of those seasons, if I'm not incorrect there. Mm-hmm. But two years before that, both seasons back-to-back over 1,000 yards. I believe over 1,100 yards, if I'm not mistaken, either. So it's an upgrade because, again, you had 
nothing. And now you're getting Darren Waller, who at one point in time was elite. And at even still at this time, you could look at Darren Waller as the top five tight end. Not saying much ultimately because the tight end position is kind of weak at this point in time. But at the top of it, the top three, you got Kelsey, you got Kittle. Uh, you probably throw Pitts in there out of respect. Andrews, of course. But then after that, that's where it kind of gets weak. I'm, I'm forgetting a name. Hawkinson. Got it. Hawkinson facts. And then that's probably when you slide in. Um, you probably slide in Waller after that just due to his lack of production in these last couple of years. But, of course, this is this is an upgrade. You needed a weapon, any type of weapon for Daniel Jones. He likes that intermediate pass. But then that's when I look to their their draft pick this year and Jalen Hyatt, someone that can actually take the top off, someone who's fast. I'm very high on Jalen Hyatt prior to the draft because I believe in his speed. I understand that the big knock is that he's not this meticulous route runner, no doubt. I understand that, but of course, he went to the right coach with Brian Dable, someone that can draw up a scheme that that drew up wide open plays for for guys that are definitely nowhere near as fast as Jalen Jalen Hyatt is. And now Daniel Jones has a deep throat that he can actually trust. So that's what I look for the Giants to 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 improve their offensive game. There's been no indica- ah, indications of progress between Saquon and uh, the Giants, and that's, that's huge. That's the unfortunate and, part. And I of think it. that's the, that's what's going to open up this game more. You know, I think having Darren Waller is great, and I think if he's back to that form, you know, that's perfect for you guys. It opens up the offense more. You guys, I like that. You said we, so it, it opens up the Did offense. Did I say we? Ah, oh, fuck, yeah. pops. I was gonna call you out. You should have. Nah, I'm let you lift. Okay. Um, and I think it off, opens up the offense. And Jalen Hyatt can come in rookie day one impact the game. I think that's good. But I think all of this really relies on Saquon. If Saquon is not there, you know, Daniel Jones doesn't have that safety blanket. The guy who pretty much carried your offense last year, the guy who's the most important player on your team last year, you know, the guy who got them to the playoffs. So I think that's the most important thing. I do think Darren Waller has the tools. You know, he's big, strong, physical. He's a red zone threat. When he's at, when he's healthy, he's a big-time play guy. When he's healthy, the problem has always been he's been unhealthy, he's been inconsistent, but the numbers weren't there for him. But I think if Saquon is back, you know, and then you have Darren Waller, you have Jalen Hyatt, Hodgins is still there, I believe you have them. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good core, That especially that's the first it's eight, decent. nine games. It's decent. It's good, but the first eight, nine games is tough. You need everybody a lot healthy. Of games. You need everybody at their best. So I think having Darren Waller is good. You know, the th- in theory, it's a good idea, but he needs to be healthy for them to even have a chance at winning a lot of these games. Yeah, there's reports out of camp is that Darren Waller and Daniel Jones are connecting. They're building a relationship. It's, uh, Giants defense. <laughs> so, so High possible. key could be um, the reason. That yeah. is also possible. The The Daniel Jones thing is interesting because it really is the chicken or the egg. He was 40th in dot last year at 6.5. He was 31st in completions of 20-plus yards, but... I mean, their average 40 time was like a 4.6 or 4.7. They had no deep threat whatsoever. And Jalen Hyatt, like you mentioned, is a big, a big reason, I think, for optimism for Giants fans because you went out and you paid Daniel Jones $40 million. So I think we're over at this point seeing progression and seeing him getting better. At this point, he has to be a borderline top 12 quarterback, top 10 quarterback almost every single week. You're paying him like that. There's no more rookie-scale contract. So you're expecting him to go out there and play like the contract you gave him. And Darren Waller is a great start. I mean, this is a guy who has been injured for the last couple of seasons, banged up really throughout his career. But we saw his last full season on the Raiders. He was phenomenal. He was, was you know, a top three tight end at his position. And I think he's a perfect compliment for Daniel Jones, who likes the intermediate. He likes short. He likes over the middle of the field. And I think this is 
damn near one of the perfect, you know, perfect players you get from out of the guys that were available. I think Jalen Hyatt might be the one person that could really open up this offense, though, I because I, I do think Darren Waller is going to make life easier for Daniel Jones. But more than anything, Darren Waller is just going to make what Daniel Jones is good at even better, which is being accurate, finding guys open in space. But Jalen Hyatt's really going to be able to progress Daniel Jones into potentially more of the quarterback we know him to be now. Right now, I think we could all agree that, first of all, he his mobility is underrated. He's one of the, the best mobile quarterbacks in the game. He's accurate, and he finds the open guys. But the one thing we look at to see he can improve on is his deep ball, which, again, didn't have a ton of attempts, and also being able to throw guys open and make contested catches. So I think the two big moves the Giants made, bringing in Hyatt and bringing in Darren Waller, is only going to help his game. I think Daniel Jones is who he is as a quarterback. He's a solid game manager. And last year, he wasn't aggressive at all. His A dot was amongst one of the lowest his on-target percentage was first in the NFL, the 81%. You have a low eight. And makes sense because, you know, you're targeting the sticks. You're not throwing it deep. So it, it's understandable why he was on target that often. When I look at Daniel Jones and I look at Darren Waller and I look at this pairing, most importantly, when I look at the offense that Brian Dable wants to run, coming from the Patriots system, coming from the, the um, coming from coaching with Mike Kafka, who's now in KC's the OC for them, what did the Chiefs do best last year? They they were one of the best teams out of 12 personnel. Travis Kelsey's their number one receiving option. They didn't have a true wide receiver number one. When you look back to New England in their time there, when Brian Dable was the OC, the number one options were tight ends. It was Gronk. It was Aaron Hernandez. That's what they were targeting most, and their receivers were never these groundbreaking number one receivers. Edelman was a great slot, but I wouldn't call him a true number one. The Giants are doing something similar. Some of that has to do with no real wide receiver one being available. I also think that given how much they're paying Daniel Jones, having to negotiate a contract for Saquon, they can't afford to get a wide receiver one anyway. But I think this type of offense can win. I don't think the only offense that can win is having two, three megastars of wide receivers. I think KC showed, of course they have Mahomes, but they showed if you have a good offensive system and you have good players to execute it and you have players filling their roles, you can still have a top offense. And when I look at the Giants receivers, I think Isaiah Hodgins' depth chart, his spot in the depth chart is solidified. I do. I think Darius Slane got a vote of confidence getting a two-year extension. I wish not. And, I, you know, I understand the disdain for Darius Slane, but I'm sorry to tell Giants fans this. The harsh truth and the reality is that Jalen Hyatt might not be better than Darius Slane week, um, year one. He might not. I think Jalen Hyatt right now is getting second-team snaps with the offense. And... Jettis was getting third-team snaps at one point. I understand, but I'm not going to compare Jalen Hyatt to Justin Jefferson. What a fucking time, man. (laughs) Jalen Hyatt is someone that did not break out until his third year in college, and the route tree was very minimal. He was an older player, and that's why he dropped so much in the draft because his route tree is so limited. And I think when you look at Hodgins and Slayton and the addition of Paris Campbell, I've been honk Paris Campbell since last year. That's a hot move, His, too. his main Paris. thing has been staying healthy. He's like always been injured. Receivers. I think Paris Campbell is somebody who can threaten the defense vertically. They brought back Sterling Shepard, Wondell Robinson coming off an injury. Wondell? Like, Ray Sterling can stay healthy because Daniel I, and him have a really good I connection. I understand that these receivers aren't nothing to rave about, but Jalen Hyatt to move up and now be a starter, I think he's going to have to show he's not a raw receiver, which at this point I think he is. But Darren Waller, Daniel Bellinger, 
They're going to run a lot of um, 12 personnel, two tight end sets, and I think these two can have a lot of success, and that's going to be their bread and butter. I think Darren Waller, he's going to lead this team in receiving yards. Sure. He's going to lead this team in touchdowns, and he's going to go back to his top five tight end form. Granted, he can stay healthy, but that's what they're going to run. They're going to run a tight end heavy offense. It's worked before. I think Brian Dable knows how it can work now. And Daniel Jones, he's an accurate quarterback. He's not aggressive, but you play to his strengths. And what I'm curious to see most is now that he's gotten paid, now that you're committing $40 million a year to Daniel Jones, is he going to be top five in rushing attempts this year like he was last year? Last year he was on a one-year deal. The Giants were rushing him because they had no other choice. But now this year, when you want to protect that big of an investment, you know how aggressive are you running the football? I think that's going to dip down and they're going to pass it a little bit more. I think because we have sat on this show and we've gone over the fact that this is basically a two-year deal, two-year prove-it deal. Yes, you're allocating a, a decent amount of money to him, $80 million, but this is a two-year deal. And I think that with that in mind, we understand that running is a strength of Daniel Jones. Yep. It's not suddenly just going to take a huge dive because that would just negatively impact the offense, in my opinion. I understand where you're coming from. That's a solid point to make. I just think that with the fact that he was so effective last year, I believe, what, 800 rushing yards? Mm-hmm. He was one of the league leaders at the at the quarterback position in terms of rushing yards. You can't just take that away and have it, or, or you know, 75% of it. You have to continue to, to use it and, and go full force because we understand that is how the Giants push the ball downfield, and that's how they continue to be effective. Giants are tough, man. It's a tough position to be in because I like the moves they made this offseason, right? I, obviously, Walder and Hyatt... Daniel Jones' contract is, when you first saw the numbers, ridiculous. But when you got the actual numbers, I think it was fine. Um, But the thing that sucks if you're a Giants fan is you could love Daniel Jones as much as you want. You still have the third-best quarterback in the division, right? Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott are still better than him. I think both of those rosters are still pretty comfortably better than the Giants as well. I agree there. Um, Brian Dable, though, I mean, if there's one thing he proved is he's going to get the best out of Daniel Jones, the best out of this roster – it's really just going to come down to if the Giants want to make that next step and they want to be a legitimate contender, you look right at Daniel Jones and say, you're going to have to be the person that really takes us over the top. We just saw him have a great season, a phenomenal season. For Daniel Jones, his, his best season yet by far, and they got fucking smoked by the Eagles. And it wasn't it, from quarter one, it was not even a Second game. Time top. And Jalen Hurts barely even threw the ball. You know, like they yeah. barely even had to try. So it's and I think really... the worry is that I mean the Eagles are the same. So that same thing can happen this year where the Eagles smoke the Giants again. The Cowboys are right there in better. terms of their dominance over the Giants in recent years. They beat them with Cooper Rush, I believe. And it's like the the Eagles draft well, so they're always going to continue to get better, get better. And Dallas always is going to bring in new talent, new talent. How do the Giants get better? And what like Washington is right there. We're not going to act like they're just completely out of the race. You know, they're always in that mid to level. The defense is elite. The defense is nuts. So it's like, the situation is tough, man. Their schedule is fucking hard, too. Mm -hmm. Good luck with the Giants, though. G-Man. We're good over here. We're going to take a look at their 2023 schedule. Giants schedule prediction. Will they regress or progress? Week one versus the Cowboys at home. Drew, here we go. Keep at going. home, Cowboys have had their number. Hmm. Should, Giants so, just don't play that well at home, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm going to go loss here. Week two at Arizona. I think that's a win. Mm-hmm. 
Week three at San Fran. I think that's a loss. Week four versus the Seahawks. Good game. Very good game. At Seattle? No. A home, okay. Adam at life. Very good game. This one's a toss-up. Uh, we'll see how the rest of the schedule plays out, but right now I'll give them the W. Okay. At the Dolphins. I said that's a loss. At the Bills. At the Bills, I believe that's a loss. Versus the Commanders. Versus, I'm going to go win. Three and four. Versus the Jets. Mm. It's not looking too good. Mm. Tough game. I'll favor the Jets here. At the Raiders. I'm going to go New York. At the Cowboys. They could I feel split. like they split, man. I think it's split. Just week one stuff. I'm going to go win here. At Commanders. I have them losing to the Jets. I'm going to go win here. At the Commanders. They sweep the Commanders. No, I don't think so. Because you had them beat them, yep. them earlier. Yep. I'm going to go loss here. Versus the Patriots. I'm going to go win. Versus the Packers. I'm going to go win. Mm. At the Saints. That's a loss. At the I, Eagles. Although they did play them a couple years back. Daniel Jones put on a virtuoso. Yeah, so did next Saquon. Game. Ah, you know it's what? Ah, it's it? an L. How sure are you? Eagles? It's oh, oh, no. I didn't say Eagles. No, I'm about, talking yeah. the Saints. Oh, it's the next one. Um, yeah. yeah, the Eagles is not going to be a win. Saints is tough, man. I'll go win for the Saints. At the Eagles. I'll go loss. Versus okay. the Rams. Don't I'll go win. Versus the Eagles. Week 18. Be serious. Uh, they're not going to split? No. It's, honestly, I don't the think Eagles could be resting. They could rest and still yeah, they, beat the Giants. I, I think what week is that? Well, they, week they did this year. They, yeah, so they, they, they can rest and the still The Giants rested and almost won. How yeah. many wins are we at now for the Giants? Eight. eight. So they're at eight flat right what now. What week is this? this is 18. Week 18. All right, so I'm glad I revisited. <laughs> I'm going to go to get them to nine. That Jets-Giants game is going to be amazing. I don't know who plays worse at MetLife, though. You guys are not a good home team. We were great on the road last year. Yeah, for sure. We have Aaron Rodgers. Let's be serious. We're going to smoke the Giants. Yeah, you got, didn't you guys lose to the – and by you guys, because now you have Rodgers, you're automatically grouped in with Green Bay. <laughs> the Green Bay Packers lost to the Giants last year. You mean with nothing on offense? Are you, talking about, are you talking about the Giants as well? No, with the Packers. No, I, I heard you. Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers is now playing with Garrett Wilson. Okay, he also was playing with and Christian we have Watson, an elite who's not defense. bad by any means. He's not Christian. He's not. He's not. And Daniel Jones is not getting up on our defense. Uh, are we going to pretend mm-hmm. like Green Bay's defense is poor? Their scheme is poor, yes. Joe Barry's one of the worst it's also DCs a London in the game. game. It was a London game. That's a true. Weird. Uh, was, was a good game, though. I'm going to go win against the Jets. Get them to, to nine because I think what? the Eagles will be resting and the Giants will win that game. <laughs> Rosen. Oh. But, um, I, listen, game could go either way for sure. That's what, a very generous win-loss outside bracket. Outside of running back? Game what? In, what, they're nine and eight? That's generous. Oh. I think they're a seven-win team this year. The schedule is difficult. It's hard. It's a hard schedule. What unit does the are the Giants better than the Jets at? Limited. <laughs> Like, maybe you can make the argument for offensive line because you got Andrew Thomas there. Barely, though, because the Giants offensive line is the rest bad. is not great. I'll be honest. I'm just going off the fact that you guys are not good at home. I was going to say. And I know my but Giants both fans teams are, are I mean, who's home? Me. Who's the home there? Like, yeah. Giants. Oh, I mean, we're the, the door. Team. Fucking go. Yeah, that's huge. He needed that. Uh, I'm going to say this. Uh, Giants fans that are listening right now would not be happy with me if I said the Jets would win. Especially with the fact that uh, I know... Joel has been very rude on the Giants on this show and on Twitter. So I'm going to stand with my guys. Giants are going to beat the Jets. 
Bucks. With love, brother. Yeah. Dells, we're Jets fans, so we we're definitely biased towards the Giants. For sure. There's a disdain there. Even though you said that Giants and Jets fans should come together and unite. That was hilarious. Uh, I was sure joking. I was that. not going. You were not joking. I was you were not, not trolling. Go you were being 100. I was not going to go through with that. <laughs> I'm out of hate the Giants. I do. Generational liar. Now, Riff. Let's get him. Let's get the NFC East guy to be unbiased about this. Let's let, let's get yeah, the guy yeah, who's yeah, an Eagles me. fan. <laughs> he has no disdain for the Giants. Not even close. If anything. The, I hate the, the, Eagle, the Eagles historically have embarrassed the Giants like the Sean Jackson punt return touchdown. <laughs> no, I hate the Cowboys 100%. I don't hate Okay, the so. Giants have four championships. The Eagles have one. Go ahead. All right, see, this is where the hate comes. I'm, I'm just, I want you to start we, hating we the Giants. Gave, He's we a gave Drew, We gave Drew the honor of doing the Dolphins schedule. Yeah. That's two teams in a row. Let, let's get a little bit different perspective here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Although. Might, we might finish at the same win total. Was I not Let's fair see. to the Giants Let's do it. Here? Let's do it. Let's do it. I was so unbiased. You gave them a lot of Let's do it. Let's do it. Like, like gave them a lot. You, you favored them for sure. What? Which game? I, I can't remember. Which Let, side? Let's Dallas. go back. Let's Give go my back. time to show. Okay, I got okay. you. I got you. I'll keep trying. I'll, I'll do the same thing. Rev is predicting the Giants schedule next season. He didn't like it that I made it too fair. No, he'll post you. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't like it that you gave them a winning record. I'm sorry. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. TikTok comments going up. Riv, yeah. week one versus the Cowboys. Cowboys win. At Arizona. Giants win. 1-1. One, one. At San Fran. San Fran easily. Exactly what I had so far. Versus the Seahawks. At Seattle? No. It's in MetLife. I'll go Seattle. So, Seattle wins on a road. Yeah, yeah. Okay. At the Dolphins. Dolphins. At the Bills. Buffalo. Versus the Commanders, they're at home. The Giants are home. They'll split, so Giants take this one. Versus the Jets, both teams are home. Doesn't matter who. Yes, that's hilarious. It, it's going to be Giants theme though. That's a yeah. home yeah. game for them. Uh, I'll go Jets. At the at the Raiders. Oh, the Giants win. At the Cowboys on the road. Dallas. At the Commanders on the road. That's who got the first one? You took the Giants. So um, Commanders. Versus the Patriots. Giants. Versus the Packers. Ooh, uh, Giants. At the Saints. Saints. At the Eagles. Eagles. Versus the Rams. Giants. Versus the Eagles. Eagles. 6-11. and 11. And if we give them the Week 18 game versus the Eagles because they might be resting, that's what? But y'all gave them no 50. Like, Riv, you gave them no 50-50 games. Uh, which ones? I think the Saints. It's at New Orleans. I think the Saints. Seattle, you did not give them. I really you, like Seattle. Okay, so. I don't blame you. They're a very good roster. But the Giants still are a cable team. They I did gave beat the Packers them last game. year. Yeah, okay. All I right. The Giants. All right. All I right. didn't well, you know what the difference was? I think Dallas sweeps. That's I was, that's you had Dallas difference. sweeping and you gave them the Saints game. Yeah. Did that's, you that's have Washington winning one? I did. Okay. Yeah, I think Washington, but I think Dallas is really You took good. you took the Giants over the Jets. You had them splitting against the Cowboys. I don't think that's a 50-50 game. You had them winning against the Jets, Seahawks Jets and winning against the Saints. I understand. Yeah, I don't the think Jets that's are, a 50-50 game. The Jets are a better team on paper. We'll see what Aaron Rodgers you got that day. So six and eleven Giants. <laughs> six and eleven. <laughs> I'm hoping that's the that's the real schedule prediction. Yeah, I'm hoping this guy is hilarious. That's gonna be a fun game. That Giants Jets game is gonna third oh in God. the division. Well, Let's they were third see. in the division last is year. Is that the a tweet that you added to the talking. list of deleted tweets? Yeah, we'll be there, guys. The amount what of shit talking for that week is gonna be nuts. Tweets. <laughs> Giants and Jets uh, fans unite. That was a new burner. I don't know. Oh, he hasn't tweeted about the Giants at all. Oh, Pete, let's go, baby. Oh, that's huge, actually. Yes, sir. That's huge. And with that, we're going to end off the show here. Sweet. We'll be back next time. We're going to no, do I'm our... absolutely crying. He has no tweets about the Giants. Who? <laughs> you. None. Bro, Edler was leading the league in ERA. 
He had a 1.9 uh, coming in. Really? Yeah. Are you sure? Or your Twitter's just Let's acting fucking up. Fucking go, man. No, bro, you have none. I don't think so. Dude, did I spell Joel V. Moran wrong? Or did you spell Giants wrong? I mean, I like to think I'm a smart guy. But yeah, that's going to do it for this show. Next show, we're going to do who and how, running back edition, and talk about our breakout running backs. This was it for episode 287. You can follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Pick Aside Podcast, on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod. Thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you next time. Hey guys, this is Al Galdi from the Al Galdi Podcast. In case you didn't know, the show that you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and Passive advance. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand its team podcast network and business operations. Now, Blue Wire is raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be a part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. Blue Wire is raising money to expand its sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be a part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to WeFunder.com slash Blue Wire. That's WeFunder.com slash Blue Wire.